Blog Talk Radio. I do not do this alone. 
So um, I see one of my co-hosts is here. One has informed me that he will be late. And uh, I don't really know where the other co-host is just yet. So uh, let me introduce who I've got, and we're just going to keep it going. So uh, this guy hails from Bristol, Connecticut, and I lives in the ATL. You guys know him as my younger brother, but we all know him as JB. JB, welcome to the Madden Voice. Good evening. Welcome to me. Appreciate it. Glad to be on as always. It's always good to have you. And, you know, and, you know it's not a bad thing that it's just you and I because it gives me a chance to do this. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Brother Jay. I know where I didn't know. I, I know where that, that must have been a setup if I didn't know any better, but I appreciate it. <laughs> it actually isn't a setup. It actually, I mean, I was going to do it uh, just for everybody out there. My brother's birthday is tomorrow. I don't want him to think I actually don't know his birthday. Of course, I know his birthday. Um, it's actually tomorrow. But since we happen to be doing a show the day before um his birthday, I figured, you know, why don't I give him a, a little special happy birthday? Um, and, and 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 it's funny because K Star said he would be a few minutes late. Don't know where Doctor Train is. Um, not like him to um, um, be late and not at least say that he's going to be late. And as everybody knows, um, you know, we 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 don't make money doing this. This is our hobby that we love oh so much. And uh, you know, we all have we all have day jobs and other responsibilities. So you know. Sometimes people run a little late getting from their job, and as I say this, I see Dr. Train uh, just jumped on right now. So let's bring on the EAFL Super Bowl one winner and uh, the man, the man with the philosophy, and the man who is newly engaged. <laughs> what up, D? Dr. Train, welcome to the Man Voice. Man, had to get up out of there, man. Had to get one last signature on something though. I was like, oh, I gotta get this. <laughs> so, uh, but I'm here. I'm here. All right. I'm happy to be here. All right. All right. Well, it's good to have you. It's good. It's good. What's it's that? good. Uh, that's JV. Oh, Jay? What's up, Dr. Train? What's good with you? Man, it's good. Everything is good, man. I, re- I-, I told T in an email, man, I had fun doing engagement photos, man. I feel like a grown man now. Hey, if you is, is that okay? Doing that, then my hat's off to you. <laughs> so um, before we get rolling, before we get rolling onto the show, we do have one other person who would like to uh, also wish uh, Brother Jay a happy birthday. And let's bring this fine young woman on to the show. Fine young lady from Bristol, Connecticut. Welcome to the Madden Voice. Thank you. Happy birthday, Jason. Thanks, Mom. Glad that you're on. Awesome. Glad I'm able to be here to wish you happy birthday. I'm I'm glad, too. That's a a pleasant surprise. Okay. You know, you know. (laughs) All right. Okay. Okay, Carrie. It's always it's always good to hear your voice on the Madden voice, Mom. 
Okay. All right. Well, thank you for letting me say happy birthday. Uh, All you, right. You boys, um, take it away. Have a good time. I'll be listening. All right. Thanks, Hi, Mom. Mom. Hi. That was Dr. Train. <laughs> Hi, Train. How are you? I'm doing great. That's good. Well, you guys have a good conversation. I'll be listening. All right. All righty. Thank you. Thanks, Mom. Okay. Bye-bye. 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 Hey, Jay. Yo. What What am I doing? I'm walking. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. Sorry, sorry. sorry. I couldn't resist. I couldn't resist. All right. Uh, it's always good to have. <laughs> I'm walking. It's always good to. It's always good to have my. Hey, hey, train. Don't she sound young? My mom sound all young. She does. She... Actually, she does. When she said, "Hey," I was like, "You said mom?" I'm like, "Whoa." <laughs> yeah, hey, my mom, she she's she kind of spry. Yeah, she she's a youngin'. She's young and you see her, we all be out together. People think she's our sister. You know? Awesome. And she sit she sit there and she says, Oh, stop, stop but but inside she's like, Keep saying it, keep saying it, yeah, yeah, keep calling, keep calling. You know? Uh, <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh man. All right, so anyway, let's jump right in. Uh, K-Star did let me know he was going to run late, but he'll be on the show. So let's jump right into the news of the day. Adrian Peterson banned without pay uh, until April 2015. And uh, I'm going to read in case uh, this news did come out today and has been all over, uh, you know, the talk radio and the the sports centers and all of that. But um, in case people haven't found that out, I'm going to read the letter or the – I don't know if it's a letter or what it was, but Goodell, Goodell's um, statement to Adrian Peterson was released. I'm going to read that for everybody. Um, uh, aggravating circumstances is, is why he's is what he's saying. This 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 punishment is so harsh. Um, First, the injury was inflicted on a child who was only four years old. The difference in size and strength between you and the child is significant, and your actions clearly cause physical injury to the child. While an adult may have a number of options when confronted with abuse, to flee, to fight back, or to seek help from law enforcement, none of these options is realistical is realistically available to a four-year-old child. Further, the injury inflicted on your son includes the emotional and psychological trauma to a young child who suffers criminal, criminal physical abuse at the hands of his father. Second, the repetitive use of a switch in this instance in this instance, I'm sorry, I don't know why I'm having a problem speaking. It'll, it'll, it'll clear itself up. Is the functional equivalent of a weapon, particularly in the hands of someone with the strength of an accomplished professional athlete. Third, you have shown no meaningful remorse for your conduct. When indicted, you, you acknowledge what you did, but said that you would not eliminate whooping my kids, in quotes, and defended your conduct in numerous published text messages to the children's mother. You also said you felt very confident with my actions because I know my intent. These comments raise a serious concern that you do not fully appreciate the seriousness of your conduct, or even worse, that you may feel free to engage in similar conduct in the future. Um, so he's been suspended without pay till April 2015. Um, and now it, it's pretty clear if you followed any of this today that um, the players union is going to represent uh, Peterson in, in an appeal. And some of the insiders are saying that if the appeal, uh, if the arbitrator approves the appeal, then Adrian could be reinstated as quickly as this weekend. 
Um, so we will see. That's that's scuttlebutt. That's speculation. What we know now is he is suspended, and the earliest he and without pay, and the earliest he can be reinstated is April 2015. He was on the exempt list of the commissioners, missed nine games, but was paid for those nine games. So with that said, I'm going to start with you, JB. Your feelings on Goodell's action? Justified? Not justified? Too harsh? Not harsh enough? What do you think? Well, I mean, given his tenure, we already know that he's one that's going to levy stiff penalties. In this case, I think it's too harsh. And, and again, as we stated before in this show, take nothing away from what's occurred. No one here condones child abuse, so let's just get that out there. But, again, as we've also stated in the past, you have to take it into context. He's disciplining his child, and he went too far. I, I think the, the punishment does not fit the crime. That's my own personal opinion because you know how we grew up. We've grown up from times in the past. That's how he grew up. That's what he is. I think it's, it's appropriate or fair to have this type of punishment levied on him when he's already missed nine games. All right. Dr. Train. This is your division. You're very familiar with the Vikings and Adrian Peterson. Your thoughts? Uh, First, let me say happy birthday to the big brother, Jay. Appreciate it. Okay. Uh, Second, I I do agree with everything Jay said, and the only thing I would add for one, the other reason why I don't agree is because I don't even even fully understand the process they took in penalizing him. Like, I understand he was suspended while he had to handle his trial, but what is the what is the the process and reasoning for now suspending him for the rest of the season? It just mm-hmm. seems like everything else they've done. Uh, it, it seems um, what's the word I'm looking for? Random. Mm-hmm. So there's mm-hmm. no there's no base. Good word. Good word. Random. Good word. Let's bring K Star on. K Star. I know you hear what we're talking about. First of all, welcome to the Madden Voice. Good to have you with us. And uh, if Happy you don't to mind, be here. good to have you. Um, if you don't mind, jump right in with your thoughts on the Adrian Peterson suspension. It sucks. Uh, I love to watch football players play, especially great ones. He is great, but that has nothing to do with this, so I'll take it to the case. Um, we can bash the character, which is Adrian, or we can bash the uh, ruler, which is Roger Goodell, but quite frankly, um, it's hard to argue his reason for for the suspension. It feels Adrian has no remorse. I mean, unfortunately, this is his league, and he can kind of do what he wants to do, and we're kind of just held prisoner to it. But I do feel that it is wrong. It is unfair. And uh, I really hope that the players fight it. But at the end of the day, I'm not sure what, what, what can really be done. And, again, it's just more, moreover, it's just disappointing. But, I mean, listen, it's hard to argue against his, uh, that, that, that ruling, that reasoning uh, just sucks. Well, you know, I'm, I'm glad that you all think it's too harsh because I am in complete agreement with all three of you. Um, I And at K-Star, you do make a valid point. It, it is uh, – Goodell is the dictator of the league, and the NFL is an employer in this case, and – uh, can set the rules in which you are to be employed by. That is a valid point. Um, but we've seen this year that the rules have been enforced uh, indiscriminately. We've seen this year that there really is no rhyme nor reason to their enforcement. 
you know, we, 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 you know, one minute uh, Ray Rice is out for two games and he's out for, you know, it was supposed to go to six. And then the next thing you know, um, he's out, he's out for the suspended for the year. Adrian Peterson's put on the, um, uh, commissioner's list, exempt list. So he's not playing, but he can still get paid. And then he gets, um, a plea agreement where he where he pleads no contest, and I want everybody that doesn't understand the law to understand that legally no contest is not admitting guilt. It is not admitting guilt. That's the purpose of no contest. Is saying, look, I'm not I'm not admitting guilt. I'm not saying I did or didn't do it. I'm saying, okay, let's make a deal. No contest, and the court accepted that plea. He got two years probation. $4,000 fine, 80 years of community service. Now, you know, if the NFL said we are going to wait and let legal system uh, play itself out and then make our decision, and the court accepted this, accepted disagreement with Adrian Peterson. So they did their due diligence and must have determined that this is not something that they feel is going to happen again, that they feel that he, you know, that, that, that this is not a repetitive situation. The kid's mother supported Adrian Peterson. Okay. So they must've done, you know, I don't have a lot of familiarity with the court in this, but I did work in another lifetime in some foster care. So I've dabbled in this and I can assure you that in many cases they are thorough, particularly if there's a big name, I'm sure they were thorough because there was a big name involved. They were pleased. I, I read Roger Goodell's statement, and, and, and I just feel it's completely inappropriate. How, how dare you say the things that you said? Uh, the repetitive use of, the, of a switch in this instance is the functional equivalent of a weapon? I, I, I'm sorry. You just dissed and, and insulted hundreds of thousands of Southern families that that's just the way of life for them. Some people use belts, some people use big wooden spoons, and some people say, go on out there back and break off a switch off the tree. I'm going to learn you a lesson. That's just the culture. Right, wrong, or indifference, that's the way it is. And how dare he uh, 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 equate that to a weapon? Because Adrian Peterson disciplined this kid and apparently based on everything we hear went too far no 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 arguing that point no arguing that there's there's there should have been some sort of of punishment by the legal system not arguing that the nfl didn't have a right to say you know this conduct is detrimental to our league and we should take action but what more action do you need tell him you got to pay back the nine games of of pay he got and say you can play Sunday. I'm okay with that. You missed nine games, but you got paid. Pay us back that money. That'll equate to a nine-game suspension, and you're back in on, on Sunday. Does he have a history of this behavior in the NFL? Does he have a history of drug use? Does he have a history? I mean, this is a guy, to my knowledge, who has been the face of the league, one of the faces of the league, alongside Peyton Manning and Tom this is a guy who has done nothing but one of the top running backs in the NFL and helped make the league hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars. He makes a mistake. This is what you do. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. My own team. 
but Josh Brett killed somebody and can play Sunday. Killed somebody. Accident. Love Josh Brent. Welcome back to football, and wishing you nothing but the best. Because you, you know, you, you, you. I, I think, I think that was handled properly. He went to jail, did his time, came back to NFL. They gave him back on the team, and he's fighting for a starting job. Good luck to you. Wish you nothing but the best, brother. But that makes sense. He killed somebody. Agent, Agent Peterson can't come back till next year because he whooped his son. After already missing nine games, after already going to court, I'm sorry, gentlemen, and I, and I and you can believe me or not believe me, but I'm just starting to have a big problem with feeling like there's race issues involved with some of these penalties. There's there's just something racial behind this. I can't put my finger on it, so I won't go too far with this just yet. But something just feels wrong here. It just it and then and then. You go to arbitrator, and arbitrator overrules the suspension, and he's back on the field Sunday. So what's the point then? So does, so so I don't get it. I just when I heard it, and I got the NFL mobile app, and it popped up. I got immediate. I was in a meeting. I was in a business meeting this morning when it popped up. So I couldn't like say what the heck, but I wanted to say what the heck. It's just it's and and what what happened to the um? I mean, didn't they come up with a whole set of rules and regs on this? Didn't they come up with a whole policy and procedure on this? They hired those three women, and they did all these studies, and they, they changed the whole – I'm not hearing how that was applied to this case. It's just exactly. not right. It's not right. It's wrong. And who are you to say that he wasn't remorseful? You know, how are you, you really – you know him that well. You can get inside his heart and, 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 and see how he feels for what went on. I don't know if Roger Goodell has kids. I'm going to assume he does. But I can tell you, I can tell you this, having two daughters and having spanked, well, at least one of them. I don't know that I've ever spanked the other one. But one of them has gotten a little paddle to her butt, and there was not a time that I didn't paddle her behind that I, didn't, that I felt good about it. There's not a time that I walked away smiling. It hurt me every time I had to do it. But I knew as a father there were times that that was a discipline that needed to be done, period, end of the conversation. And even though I didn't like it, I knew it needed to done. I knew she needed to understand and words weren't going to do it and punishments weren't going to do it. And, and, and that was my choice and that's the way it was and I don't have any regret for it. I don't. But I didn't like it. I felt bad about it. And how are you going to sit there and say he had no remorse? Are you kidding me? If the one thing that has come through to me is how much he does love his son I feel that with every every news conference and everything he's he said is this guy really loves his son and this guy really feels bad that all this is going on. So I, I just I, I said it several weeks ago. I'm going to say it again. Don't be surprised if all of this dictatorship from Goodell and the players start to backlash and the NFL Players Association and, and, and Demora Smith, the Demaris Smith, the Demarcus, whatever the heck his name is, they don't just, they're going to start to really get a little tired of this. And if you don't have players, you don't have a league. So all I'm going to say is I don't know how long Goodell's going to be able to keep doing what I consider to be abuses of power. And this to me is clearly that. No way on this earth that this guy should be suspended till April of 2015. Absolutely no way. I'm done. I'm still mad. I'm going to be mad for a while about this one. All right. Let's move on. Uh, um, 
let's let's go to Dr. Train for a minute. I ask you a question, and then I'm gonna ask you a question. <laughs> do you feel okay. a little bit? Better, do you feel a little bit better about your Bears after this weekend's performance? Do I still feel what? Do you feel a little bit better about your Bears after this week this weekend's performance? Maybe a tiny bit. Uh, not too much different than how I felt last week. Okay. There were rumors that there might be takers out there for Jay Cutler. Your thoughts? Uh, if they can unload him, I would. I wouldn't feel indifferent if they did unload him. Like you said this last year, I've been like, no, nah, you know, what can you find? But, you know, at this point, um, well, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't feel bad if they were able to unload him. Uh, a lot of money, <laughs> you might be, you may be able to find better. And for the talent that's surrounding them, uh, I'm sure you can find someone that's able to get these guys the ball. You just need somebody to make good quarterback decisions. So put your GM hat on. Do you see another team out there that he would fit, that you think he'd be his style of play, coaching support that, that, that you know would make sense for him to go to? Um, man, I think it would be difficult to unload him. Well, and forget money really... for a second. You're talking just, money. You're talking... Just, no, not not even just not even with just money. I mean, I'm not thinking money at all. I'm thinking like. He's so inconsistent. What could you sell a team on? What part of his talent do you sell a team on? So, I mean, what, 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 what you, you, he's, he's not it. He's not up there with the horse, four horsemen. He's not even there with the big bands. Not even there with the Tony Romo. So, what do you sell a team on? So, you don't think there'd be any takers out there if money's not an issue? <sighs> I, I'm, I'm trying to. I, Maybe I'm trying to think of exactly who as my head is like scrambling through all the divisions, like whose whose quarterback situation is just that desperate. Um, JB, you got thoughts? Are there teams yeah. out there that you think might be interested in Jay Cutler? The only one that really comes to mind off the top of the head may be Tampa Bay. Um, they're obviously having some issues at the quarterback position. Um, they do have some good receivers, you know, Vincent Jackson and, and um, the rookie out of Texas A&M. So I would, I would think Tampa Bay may be in the, in the runnings for them. Uh, but, again, because of Cutler's, uh, how should we say, personality, uh, it's going to be hard. It's going to be real hard because you don't want someone going to constantly force the ball and, and – play beyond his ability. So if, if I had to name someone off the top of the head, I'd start with Tampa Bay, but it's going to be tough. Well, let's go back to Dr. Train. Train. Would Lovey Lovey Smith? No. No, I don't think so. I don't don't think Lovey Smith will go down that that trail again. He's been down that road. He's been down that road. I don't think he would take that road again. That's that's like the last team I would think of. It would have to be someone in a dark quarterback situation that's still thinks maybe Redskins. Maybe Redskins. Well, you know, I was honestly thinking, you, you say Redskins, 
I honestly thought maybe Eagles. You know, Foles had a great year last year statistically. Wasn't really lighting it up this year. And uh, now he gets hurt. And I'm looking at their coaching staff and their ability to give the right amount of quarterback support. They certainly have, you know, a decent amount of weapons. You know, could could a Philly team look at a Jay Cutler? Or is Jay Cutler really – I mean, he got $126 million in offseason. So financially uh-huh. – he probably isn't going anywhere. But that said, if they were really that, if they really felt like, you know, is there a team out there that would um, that would take a chance on him? And I, I got to tell you, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think, I think, I think, Train, you might be stuck with him. Yeah. There's no way. Yeah. There's no way. There's a team that goes for him. I mean, we just saw Andy Dalton get a hundred million dollar contract. Teams are thirsty of supply and demand. For me. It's it's unlikely that I can see it only based off uh, his injury. I wouldn't be surprised if the Cardinals took a shot because Bruce Arians is a guy who likes to throw the deep ball. And based on how well Carson recovers or, or doesn't recover, I could see them take a chance of him in the offseason uh, only because Carson's an older guy. After after what I even told you last week, I mean, oh, yeah, you weren't here last week. That's right. You weren't here. So no. just to bring you just to bring you up to speed, you know, Bruce Arians was one of the guys we considered as head coach before going with Mark Trestman. Well, the rumor was Arians wasn't sold on Cutler and wasn't willing to commit to Cutler. Yeah, I don't think a team necessarily would have to commit to him because I don't see him being traded. I mean, but you will. I don't know. <laughs> But you're going to have to pick up the tab for it. I mean, let's let's talk about the financials for a minute. You trade for them, you're still on the hook for $15, 16000000 million a year for the next couple of years at least. So who wants to yeah. take on the yeah. the headache of color and the uh, the paycheck you got to give them? Yeah, because they're still guaranteed money that he that he that he's owed. Right. Someone's going to have to. Someone will. I mean, again, just because the court market with how thirsty the NFL teams are is just someone. Or I just don't think. Other. I just don't think with 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 all the aspects it comes to putting together a championship team, and you see a quarterback that's been in the league as long as Jay Cutler, and still have yet to truly turn that corner, even after getting paid, even after getting all the targets you can possibly get, two Pro Bowl receivers, Pro Bowl running back, plus a tight end, and an offensive line that keeps him upright, and you still don't turn the corner. What else is there to give you? They've given them everything they can possibly give them. And a head coach who's offensively minded. So now everything is in your hands. There's, there's, there's no excuses. Who takes that? They, people will, 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 better, will, will probably be better taking their chance in a draft with another guy than to deal with that headache. And that's not to, not to include the finances that come along with it. Well, you know, if you look at just the money, I don't think he's going anywhere. If you took the money out and you said anything in the NFL is possible, um, I think that he'd have to have a pretty good stretch run and show some leadership that he, frankly, has never shown for a team to take a chance on him. In my opinion, I've said this before, I, I let it go for a little while, 
I won't let it go again. He's not a leader, period. He's not a leader. Train, you and I got into it a few years back when I thought that he was sitting on the sidelines and he should have been out there playing, and you said, if he's hurt, he's hurt. And I'm like, it's the freaking NFC championship game. You get a, you know, you could ride a bike, but you can't play. Uh, there might be something mm-hmm. to that still. I think there was a, there's just, it's, it's the leadership, you know. It's the leadership part of, you know, Tony Romo goes and plays with a punctured lung, broken bones in his back. You know, we've seen Ben out there half-dead playing. Phillip Rivers out there, half-dead playing, you know. Um, Phillip Rivers is half-dead playing right now. Right. You know, Cam Newton, as much as I have problems with Cam Newton, but he's out there hurt playing, okay? And, and, and Lord knows he ain't a leader, but he, at least he's out there dragging himself out there playing. And, and I think it just it, – and no one's saying if you can't play, you can't play. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to be mean and say that every quarterback has to go out there hurt to play. But I think it ties into the leadership thing of, you know, are you leading your team by example? And I think that's always been my problem with this guy. And now, you know, when you had a a really strong leader with a different style, mind you, more of the Tony Dungy style, like a Lovey Smith, but he was a strong leader. Mm -hmm. That was his team. You know that better than anybody. Well, now you bring in a new coach. Now you bring in a new coach. Comes from Canada, right? Coached up in Canada. Maybe he's got a different style. Players coach, yay, rah, rah, and all that, right? uh, Mm Offensive-minded coach, right? You bring him in. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, he doesn't have that same keep keep Jay Cutler, you know, kind of in control leadership. And so now it's time for Jay to mature and take over, and he can't. He can't can't do it. So now what? And, I, and I, that's my analysis. That's just me talking, but that's my analysis. And now what happens to Chicago? You know, and now you're in a division where we already know what the Packers are capable of doing. Lions look like, you know, even though they lost a, a tough one to Arizona, looks like they're going to be there. And, you know, uh, Minnesota seems to always, you know, tease with with potential. So, you know, you're, you're not in you're not in the division with, you know, with everybody being under 500. Your division with some teams that, you know, everybody can beat everybody in that division. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, it's going it, 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 you know, we'll, we'll see what happens, but it, 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 it something's going to have to change in Chicago and I guess we'll sit back and see. Well, the last, like I said, well we have six games left. The last six the last six games will they'll tell it. You know. Yeah. They'll yeah. determine what they will do. And yeah. uh, it'll be a ripple effect through the entire organization because it won't be, it won't just be Jacob. Um, right. <laughs> to right. me, it would right. be it wouldn't be fair if it would be just just Jacob. I think that would be totally unfair. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I I absolutely agree. But I do think that at the same time, you could make you could send a message. Yeah, you could send Indeed. a message. You know. Um, all right. Uh, speaking of sending message, JB, let's talk about uh, your new your New York Football Giants. Um, funny guy. <laughs> uh, this team was three and two at one point, and people were talking about uh, don't forget about the Giants, and some people picked them to win the division, and um, you know uh, uh, thought that they would get on a run, and they got on a run. All right, they've lost five in a row, and. Um, you know, Eli certainly hit rock bottom uh, with five interceptions against the 49ers. 
and uh, now they have the um, rested, refreshed Dallas Cowboys come to town Sunday night. Um, you know, your thoughts on the Giants, Tom Coughlin. A lot of people say it's time to blow it up. Some people say go out and get another head coach and that can work with Eli. Eli's still got some, some gas in the tank left. He just needs a new coach. What are your thoughts on uh, the New York football Giants? With that team, you don't know what to expect day in and day out, year over year. And honestly, I think it's time for a new coach. I wouldn't be surprised to, to even think or say it's time for a new quarterback. I think they need to make changes on that team, and I think they need to make wholesale changes. You you won the Super Bowl, was it back in 2011, I think it was? Yep. So you're not far removed from the title. But as you know, this is a win-now league. And they really haven't done much. They only made the playoffs. I think it's only been two or three teams in their tenure. Just what happens, they caught a hot streak and, and went and won a championship, but they haven't done much since. So with that being said, it's it's time to start over. It's time to get a fresh start. You don't have big names on defense. Odell Beckham is going to be one heck of a player on offense. You gotta to continue to develop him. You're not sure about your running game. There's questions about Rashard Jennings' health. I mean, he's healthy one week, not healthy the next. Had that going on in Oakland. Uh, the rookie, he's a rookie. Enough said. So it, it's it's time to start looking to make some changes, wholesale changes. K-Star, what do you think? Uh, I don't think he changed Eli at all. I mean, you talk about Odell Beckham. Looks like he's developing fine to me with Eli. Uh, they got a pretty nice rapport. Uh, in New York. I think that they may need to consider a coaching change because Coughlin just looks tired and he's an older guy. Um, I'm not sure how late he's up doing film study, stuff like that. But I hear hear that is not an issue. The guy guy is a workaholic. So uh, he comes from the Bill Parcells coaching tree. And from what I hear, he's long days and, you know, yeah, he's a workaholic. So that's not an issue. Yeah. Well, uh, I think from a consistency standpoint, since they haven't shown it really ever under that uh, regime, that may be time to look into a different direction. I mean, Tom Coughlin did a terrific job there, but the past couple of years are really not showing any improvement. And eventually you got to, you know, probably make a coaching staff change. And, I mean, personnel-wise, they've made some decent picks. And I think Eli uh, was given, you know, uh, a decent offensive line and, and – you know, continue running game because he's played well and, and most mostly this year. Continue running game with Rashad Jennings or maybe another another running back. They can continue to uh, develop and get better. He's not done. I don't think people should be that reactionary uh, and just completely just end his career prematurely. Train, would you blow it up? Mm. Uh, the most I would do is coaching changes. I get a new head coach. I'll see the reason. Uh, I don't, I don't, you know, not to say that Tom Coughlin has done a horrible job, but you haven't made competitive for a while now. And uh, that's okay. Tom Coughlin got in two Super Bowls. But you want to stay competitive, sometimes you have to change. And um, I wouldn't get rid of Eli. I think he's still capable of playing at a high level. But changing the coaching staff doesn't tell them what it could do for the players. It'll tell them what it could do for the team. Of course, you need some more talent on both sides of the ball, but sometimes you find that when you change coaches. You know, sometimes I'm, I'm going to – Okay. No, I'm just going to say that, 
that I'm going to come at it from a different perspective. Um, they got beat um, uh, 16 to 10 in a game that they actually should have lost 36 to 10. And the reason they didn't lose 36 to 10 was because they kept fighting. Um, when I think you change coaches and when is when the team throws in the towel. We saw the Chicago Bears give up, what, 50 points two weeks in a row and then come back and win a game. And then I found out something very interesting, that Mark Trestman's – I don't know if you know this, train. Mark Trestman's mm-hmm. first 25 games as a head coach, his record is 11-14. and 14. Do you know what Lovey Smith's first 25 games record was? About the same. 11-14. Do you know what mm-hmm. Mike Ditka's first 25 games? Round about the, round about 11, the same. 11 and 14. Um, yeah. I didn't know that. It certainly opened my eyes a little bit. Um, yeah. And we saw Chicago come back and win a game, play better. I won't say y'all played well, but you played well enough to win. Alfron, Alfron, mm-hmm. Alshon Jeffries got off. Marshall had a good game. Cutler looked better. You know, Forte had mm-hmm. a good game. And so a team that we were riding off, at least I was, still am, came back and fought. So do you get rid of the coach? I don't know. I'm looking at the Giants, lost 16-10 to 10 to a San Francisco team that's been to, what, two consecutive NFC Championships games? And this team is still fighting for their coach who has brought them to Super Bowls. My opinion, you give them one more year. If Coughlin wants to come back and coach, and if you can see that the team is still fighting, then you give them one more year. And it's very clear. This year, we got to get to the playoffs. Now, if you look at their history, when they win the Super Bowl, 2007. When they win the Super Bowl, 2011. Okay? <laughs> Four years later, it's 2015. That's next year. So, <laughs> to that alone, I would give one more year. Um, and go out there and build a team around Eli like you've done before. Eli plays good when he's got a, a, a stout defense and a decent running game. Okay, he doesn't have Brandon Jacobs anymore. He doesn't have Bradshaw. He doesn't. He doesn't have a good running game right now. Don't be surprised if Demarco Murray isn't available next year. Just put. Just just something tells me that Demarco Murray might be on that. Might be. Might be available. I don't know that Dallas can sign all these guys. And um, if Adrian Peterson is released or, uh, from what I understand, Minnesota at the end of the season can release Adrian Peterson with no cap hit. That's what I heard today. I don't know that it's true. I haven't, you know, confirmed it. So, you know, all of a sudden, the thought of Adrian Peterson with a star in his helmet becomes even more realistic. And then and then they say, okay, DeMarco Murray, you know, thank you. It's been great. You had a great season, but, you know, we're going to go ahead and sign Adrian Peterson. So now what? Joe Randall's a pretty solid backup, could even be a pretty good starter. So does DeMarco Murray end up, you know, in New York? Don't know. So I, 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 my point is this. You know, you got, you got beast mode out there in Seattle. You got blunt. We're going to talk about that in a minute. No longer with the with the beginning of the year, it looked like a pretty good one-two punch. Now blunt maybe got a little attitude issue. I don't know. We're going to ask K Star in a minute. He's out there. So now all of a sudden, could the Giants go out there and pick up in free agency a pretty good running back? 
maybe go out there and get some pieces like Denver did in the offseason and give them one more run? I don't know. I think you do that before you blow it up. That's my opinion. Try to build something with what you have. You've got a two-time Super Bowl winning coach and a two-time Super Bowl winning quarterback. Get, give it one more year. Go out there, free agency. Go out there in a draft. Try to build this team. We, we, the formula is out there. You've done it two other times. Give it one more shot. Now, I will also say this. Might be a little bit of my Dallas Cowboy in me saying, and, and give it one more shot. And if you suck, oh, well. I, I ain't going to lie. But anyway. Um, so, um, K-Star. Let's talk about your Giants. I mean, uh, yeah, your Giants. Let's talk about your Steelers. Let's do it. Um, first, talk to me about your thoughts because um, I definitely have some, but I want to hear your thoughts on LeGarrette Blunt being released. I was thrilled. I'm happy. I'm so serious. Um, mm-hmm. LeGarrette Blunt is a good football player, but LeGarrette Blunt is not a good teammate uh, Everything from everything that I've gathered. When you have Marquise Pouncey sit here and say that that was a great move, releasing him, you know that there's issues. Um, beat writers have said that there was belief and this is before uh, Bell and Blunt got in trouble together, that they felt that Blunt was a bad influence, or that there were some whispers that Blunt was a bad influence on Bell. Meanwhile, apparently, uh, and there's some archives suggesting this from quotes, uh, Blunt was unhappy with his role with the team. Um, obviously, that came to a, to fruition on, Sunday, or on Monday night when he just flat out left the field early. If he's not a team guy, then get him out. I mean, at the end of the day, the Steelers on the football field are a much better product with Le'Veon Bell anyway than they are with LeGarrette Blunt. Mm-hmm. Point blank and simple. And with LeGarrette Blunt in his history, and it's pretty checkered, certainly isn't chess, um, you know, it doesn't surprise me. He's the same guy that punched up the guy at Oregon when we played there. He's the same guy that's had uh, issues being released, bouncing from team to team for a reason in the NFL, despite being productive. You've got to ask yourself why. And again, it kind of reared his head on uh, uh, this afternoon when the Steelers decided to part ways um, pretty easily. So I'm happy about it. I think the Steelers move forward, and, um, again, it's a good move. Train, train you're That's chuckling good. over there. I have a funny feeling <laughs> you and I are thinking the same thing. So you know what? I'm going to acquiesce. I'm going to give you the floor, Train. Go ahead, man. So what was this at the beginning of the season when your backs were smoking weed? <laughs> It wasn't a good move to suspend either of them. But now it's all of a sudden a great move to let LeGarrette Blount go because he didn't get a piece of that pie that Le'Veon Bell got against the Titans because that was a very nice pie, 200 yards. Yeah, LeGarrette Blount probably could have got half of that, but he didn't get any. So he's upset about not getting on the field, and now you say he's a bad influence to Le'Veon Bell. But when we were saying at the beginning of the season that, that a suspension needed to be handed out or something needed to happen to both those guys for something that they both did that could have been detrimental to the team, it was like, well, you know, you're going to handle it on the inside and uh, nothing ever got handled, but it's okay. We we need him to win football games. But now you don't need LeGarrette Blunt. You just need Bell. Man. We, we just needed Bell. Man. I, was, listen, I was never a fan of that signing. You can look that up. I've never been a fan of the Gear Blunt signing. That's never. Not one day. 
That's no, it's not because it matters, and here's no, why. Yes, it is. You know why it's besides the point? Because when the issue came up with those guys smoking weed, not one time did you ever say, the Gary Blunt, I don't, I don't like the Gary Blunt with Lady and Bell. You never took that stance. If you would have took that stance then, I can understand taking that stance now. But now to me, it just I, seems like you no. saw the gravy train coming by and you managed to just hop on it before it took off. And now you're okay with LeBlanc leaving. I, listen, I predicted that gravy train that is Le'Veon Bell, so I don't want to hear that. Secondly, oh, I've man. never been a fan of LeGarrette Blunt. That's on record. You can check my Twitter archive. I thought he should have been cut when that happened because of, again, the reported influences that he was having a bad one on, on Le'Veon. But you brought up these recorded influences. Of, if I'm not mistaken, you was looking forward to the one-two punch. That's right. Oh, you thought it was a great one-two punch. Speed back, power back. You had it. And you said the, the run game should as be a product, a Yeah, as a product, it was, a, it was yes. As a as a product, it could be good. It could have been good, but the fact of the matter is, I wasn't a fan of the signing because again, it's taken away from development. But it got even worse when those things did happen. And for but the fact K-Star, of the matter, when the K-Star, team, when, when Marquis Pouncey is saying that he should K- be cut, K-Star, and K-Star, they're K-Star, happy, that says K-Star. a lot. K Star, K Star, K Star, K Star. Let's back up for a minute. Let's back up for a minute. First of all, you've never once on this show said that you didn't – never anything negative about either of your two running backs. Not once. No. When Train and I called called Tomlin out for not disciplining, you defended it and said, don't handle it in-house. And I think that what now is coming home to roost is the fact that the lack of discipline opened the door for this kind of behavior. You think about this. This is a Mike Tomlin coached team, right? We're going to unleash holy hell, right? A man that we respect, but I lost a little bit because he didn't handle his business. Now, all of a sudden, I that you didn't suspend, you didn't punish, you didn't discipline, now gets a chip on the shoulder, very well said, by the way, train, because he didn't get a piece of that gravy train. He didn't get, he didn't get playing time that he thought he earned. And now all of a sudden, everybody says, oh, yeah, well, you know, he's a bad attitude and he's negative this. And, what? Really? Where, where, where was this eight weeks ago when these cats were smoking weed in the car together? Nobody was saying that then. Nobody nope. was saying that then. Not, not, not K-Star, not the Steelers. Nobody was saying that he's a bad influence then. But now all of a sudden, because the guy got a, and I'm not condoning what he did. Don't get me wrong. What I'm saying is, why is anybody surprised? Why is anybody surprised? I wasn't surprised at all he did. And I yeah, said, I hope you get cut. Again. Yeah, now you said that. But you didn't say that eight weeks ago is my point. Ten weeks ago, you didn't say that. I'm going to go through the, I'm gonna go through the tape because I know for a fact track, I, have, uh, I definitely had tweets. K-Star, 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 K-Star. Listen, bro. The reason I said I had something to say and then Train started laughing and Train and I have not talked. But we both remember because we said it more than once that the way Tomlin handled this wasn't what we expected from a Mike Tomlin coach team. Remember, I have respect for Mike Tomlin. I, I'm a homer, but I give credit where credit is due. I think Tomlin is an excellent head coach. So I was very surprised when these guys are caught red-handed, busted, in a car full of weed like Cheech and Chong up there smoking weed, and nothing happens. And don't tell me they did something and it kept them up. That stuff doesn't stay in-house. It, 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 there's always someone that leaks it out to somebody that says 
they were suspended. Certainly they didn't miss any playing time. So if they were fined, if they were fined, no one found that out. Well, that never happens. We always hear when somebody is fined. So bottom line is you set up an environment where this guy got away with something. And then when he rebels because he's not getting his way, now you release him? Well, you set the environment, Coach Tomlin. You, you, this one, yeah, you, you had this one coming. And heaven forbid if something happens to uh, Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. So nothing's happened to Le'Veon Bell. Well, I, I, I'm not wishing. I never, I never no, wish injury. He's a good dude. I never wish injury upon any NFL player. The fact remains is people do get injured. And it was nice having mm-hmm. Blunt as a, as a strong backup. Now he's gone. Yes. That's my point. Yes, absolutely. So we'll see what happens. But you go ahead and, and go ahead and check out the show from about three months ago. And that's fine. But the fact of the matter is, I'm telling you, what I'm telling you is they should have done it then, and they should have done it. Or I'm happy that they did it now, at least finally. Well, that's fine that you came around to. That's fine that you've opened your eyes. I just wish you had listened to us three months ago when we told you that, because that's what we were yeah. telling. So and I'm, 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 yeah, that's. Uh, yeah. I still. Still with tumbling, you know I get it. He left the field early. You 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 cut him. You, you feel like his 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 it's a detriment to the team. However you want to look at it, but I just want to the same thing that you just said. To you, what was this at the beginning of the season when they were smoking weed? Yeah. Didn't feel the need to do anything then, but now it's big. I mean, if, if it happens then, though, out. there's a chance. If it happens then, though, there's also a chance. Of, oh, well, Le'Veon Bell wasn't cut. They cut Garrett Blunt, blah 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 blah. I'm he sure didn't have either to way. Cut him. He didn't. Uh, it, it didn't need to be a cut. It just needs to be a discipline. I just find this. I just find it odd now that now that they they seen what Le'Veon Bell can do, because that's the part you're not getting. They see what well, this but, young back can do now. He's been it's been ten weeks, and this guy, this guy is tearing it. Hold no. on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't think it's not. Don't be. Don't be that stupid. Okay, nah, don't don't nah, disregard nah. the fact that Le'Veon Bell is tearing it up on the field, and they don't necessarily need the Garrett Brown. He is the dude is doing his thing, so don't think that don't have anything to do with it. It might not be the cause, but it does have something to do with it. When you have a player that's performing in the manner that he's performing, and you didn't have to use his backup, oh yeah, he does become expendable, especially when he does something detrimental to the team. So don't think Le'Veon Bell's performance has nothing to do with it. It does. It, I'm, my whole point about Le'Veon is his performance was great last year, not to this degree, but the signing didn't really make sense from from a personnel standpoint last year anyway. And for this year, there you go. Man. I mean, yeah, yeah obviously, obviously if he's playing bad. Obviously, if he's playing bad, you're probably like, well, I don't know if he should be cut or not at that point. But, I mean, look, I'm not saying that his, his performance doesn't matter, but they've been using uh, LeGarrette Blount anyway to ineffectiveness and detriment of the Steelers the past the whole year, honestly. Whenever Garrett Blunt's on the field, he's had some solid runs, but that offense not isn't nearly as explosive or as good, as, you know, as it is with Lady on the field. Well, let's it really is for any backup. Well, let me let me just let's say this, and then we we're gonna we're gonna move on to Steelers part two. But something is is off with Tomlin's control of the team this year versus previous years, and I can't. Again, I'm not on the inside. But I don't like some of these things that are not Tomlin-like, and it's going to come home to roost if it hasn't already. You know, when do you ever – you think about it, K-Star. This is your team. You ever heard of a situation 
where a player takes himself puts some you know starts unwrapping his stuff prematurely in the end of a game like that and go you they even showed the clip where Tomlin's walking in congratulating the guy's already dressed because he pretty much pulled himself from the game you've ever seen that on a Mike Tomlin coach team I, I've never heard of that have you that's why he's gone I I, I get that's why he's gone but it, I, if someone had said in the past that wouldn't even happen. Never mind. You, you you don't do that. That's not even thought of. But he thought about it. Not only did he think about it, he went and did it. Sure, now he's paying the price, but he did it. That's my problem. In the past, I think it was such, he you know, such a fear in these players. Fear not in a in a bad way, in a respectful way. They wouldn't even thought about it. You wouldn't do that to Bill Parcells. You wouldn't do that to to Bill Belichick. You wouldn't do that to uh, 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 Bill Cower. And you wouldn't do it to Mike Tomlin, but he did it. It was done. Okay, he's cut the next day, but he did it. And that's my problem is why. Why did he feel it was okay to do it? But we know previously no one would ever have done that. And until that gets answered, I'm going to say something is a little off there. Something a little off. I think what's off is it was the signing was a little off because the guy had character issues and we knew that signing him. We took a chance, didn't pan out, and he's out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I hear. Yeah, and, and and again, I'm just saying the guy makes a mistake. Like, yeah, he probably should have handled him from day one. But then the day, I I believe the signing ultimately was a mistake. So, yeah, but every, well. every every team hires people with character. I mean, we got Dez. Dez had character. Everybody does. Every team. Yeah, but it was just unnecessary chance. though. T. It was it was unnecessary based on Le'Veon's rookie year just to sign him. Because he's a good player. Like, he's a good running back. He's but productive. you didn't feel that he's way. But you did. But you yeah, didn't feel, I feel that, that way at the beginning. Yes, no, I well, you, you didn't invoice it on this show. You were, you were all for it. Well, that's a failure of my own. I pulled a yeah, comment but, and I failed as well. Oh, uh, you did fail. Okay. So let's go to part two. AFC North, right? Toughest division in football, maybe. Bengals, 6-3-1. and one. Steelers, 7-4, and four on, coming on their bye week. Ravens and Browns, 6-4. and four. We're going to ask K-Star last because we, we, we already know what K-Star is going to say. JB, you've been quiet. Join us. Um, the question posed was how many AFC North teams make it. I don't really care. I want to know who wins the division. That's what I want to know. Who wins the AFC North, JV? Mm, the winner of the AFC North, and I need to look at schedules, but I'm going to go out there on a limb. I'm actually going to say that Baltimore is going to take the division. And that's just a gut feeling. That's just There's grit about that team. Um, I'm going to take Baltimore. Okay. Um, Baltimore's schedule is as followed. Um, they are on a bye week. Um, I'm sorry. They are not on a bye week. They're coming off a bye week. They go to New Orleans. Uh, looks like... Monday Night Football is at New Orleans. They are uh, home against – this is a beautiful schedule as far as away, home, away, home, away, home. Um, At New Orleans, home against San Diego. At Miami, home against Jacksonville. At Houston, home against Cleveland. So that's the Ravens' schedule. Dr. Train, who do you think wins the AFC North? Um, 
sit in that business, the business still a toss up, man. I'm just going. I'm gonna stick with my Bengals, man. I'm gonna stick with my Bengals. Don't see no real reason to move away from them. No team in that division is just truly dominant, but I still think they're they're the most well-rounded team in that division. You know, I wanted to go back and re replay who we picked to win divisions. Because I'll be honest, I don't remember who I picked. I I gotta be honest with you, I don't remember who I picked to win this division. Um. I'm thinking I picked the Ravens, but I don't remember. But I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with JB and, and say the Ravens are gonna win this division. And I think Jace, you said it perfectly. I don't have anything to add. There's just grit about this team that I think um, I, I just I, I don't I just think they're gonna they're gonna rise. I I don't think Cleveland's quite there yet. Um, they just waved Ben Tate, which kind of surprised me, but because he hasn't done much for him. Um, Cincinnati, I, I, just, I just don't believe in them. Um, and, uh, well, K-Star, K-Star is going to try to sell us on Pittsburgh. But, you know, Ben got me to believe in him being a Fab Five. And then uh, since those two overwhelming performances, he's kind of come back down to earth. So I, I don't know. I, I just don't know. There's a Tomlin issue with this team, the Steelers, in my heart, it has me thinking it's going to stop them. It's going to stop them. Um, but who knows? I mean, you're going in a bye week, and I know, K-Star, you're going to talk about the injuries on defense that you're going to get back after the bye week. And, you know, that's a, a compelling guys. argument. That's a compelling argument. I'm not going to lie. It's a compelling argument. Go ahead with it, K-Star. You, you, you obviously are going to stick with your Steelers. Tell us why. I mean, when you have Ryan Shazier, when you have Ike Taylor, when you have Troy Polamalu, when you have – uh, Jarvis Jones, all coming back. Uh, Scott McClendon, our nose tackle, all set to come back after this bye week. I think that's a pretty good reason to believe that the defense should improve because it's been pretty poor recently. Um, it, it's compelling. I ain't going to lie. It's very compelling. So, I mean, that, that leads me to believe that the defense will continue to get better, and I don't see why the offense uh, won't improve, especially with as many home games left on schedule as we have, and especially if you look at the schedule. I mean, home at, uh, at you know home against New Orleans. I mean, we still have our two games against Cincy at Atlanta. I mean, there's no one really that, that scares you on the, for the remaining uh, portion of the schedule. But um, aside from that, offensively, well, I think we, I think it's safe to say the Steelers are the best offense in the division. I don't think anyone here would dispute that. I mean, you look at the Bengals, and uh, absolutely worse for you, uh, train as to what could cause them to falter. Andy Dalton. Therefore, uh, I feel the Ravens are more of a threat than them. That's for sure because the Ra- or the Bengals have what I believe the 31st ranked rush defense in the league. I mean, they're just a team that honestly doesn't doesn't have much of an identity. They they don't know when the Giovanni Bernard is going to come back. I mean, the, and, the, and then AJ Green, as good as he played last week, is also banged up with with a, playing with a turf toe. So it's like, uh, it's just I, we look at it. We look at the players. We look at the quarterbacks, and you just look at the offenses and what the Steelers want to get back from attrition uh, on, on from injury. I, I just I feel really good about the Steelers, especially with the home games they have coming up. You know, and, and the thing about it is, when you look at the AFC right now, you've got the Pats and the Broncos sitting at one and two. Then right now, the Bengals are leading their division. Colts um, are leading their division. And then you have the Chiefs. And then right now, the Steelers would be the sixth seed. Um, and But then you have, after the Steelers, you've got the Dolphins, Chargers, Ravens, and Browns all at six and four. You know, so I mean, 
this is going to be very interesting between, you know, the AFC North and the AFC West because you've got seven teams that are going to be vying for anywhere between two and four slots. It's going to be very, it's going to be very, very interesting. Very, very interesting. Um, all right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, Dr. Train, the yeah. Saints and the Bengals, um, and yeah, I'm gonna give a, I'm gonna give a commentary on the Saints momentarily since we're talking about the Saints. But um, it, you know, it was all over the news. Uh, uh, Grisham gives goes to give a ball to a Bengals fan, and a cranky Saints fan snatches the ball and wouldn't give it to her. Um, we did find out that the Saints organization uh, did give the lady a ball. Uh, which I think was very classy of them to do. Um, but what do you think about the the brother that just – now, we did find out that the guy, just in, in fairness, that, that took the ball has been a season ticket holder since the Superdome opened and has never had the chance to get a ball and apparently wanted it for his either his son or his grandson, I think his grandson. And this was his – he had never had a chance, and and he's been there every game since they opened the Superdome. And so that's why he he took the ball and wasn't giving it up. So I I don't know if that changes anything, but that's what we we found out. Um, What are your thoughts, Trey? It doesn't. It doesn't. It's still foul. <laughs> it doesn't. One, it came from a Bengals player after scoring a touch. So it was getting being handed to a Bengals fan <laughs> who yeah. was down there for the ball. It's like, dude, just let just let it go. Your, yeah. your time will come. I mean, the way he took it was just well, like, well, really? well, no, no, no. Let's not say his time will come. If he's gone, I don't know how long the Superdome's been open. I mean, but maybe it won't. A lot of true, ga- maybe it won't. Yeah, maybe it won't. That's maybe. a lot of games to so have never had a chance to get a ball. So. I just, I still, I just, I just think it's. I, I would, I would not be jumping to get a ball from the opposing team when their player come to hand it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Especially if, it, especially if it was meant, especially if it was meant to go to someone. I, I, that's yeah. just not something I would do. So for me, yeah. it's foul. Yeah. JB, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. It's foul. Um, First off, why would you want to take the ball when the other team scored? I mean that 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 right there leaves a foul taste in my mouth. That's your opponent's ball. That's not even your your team didn't score. What you trying to keep the ball for? No. Secondly, you, you think about all the publicity that this has garnered. If he had just taken the ball and showed everybody the ball, handed to her, I'm sure it would have come back to him. Why did you hand her the ball? I thought it was the right thing to do. Never had a chance to have the ball, but I wanted it to be done the right way once in my chance. I bet you then he'd probably get a ball. So there's something about karma would come back, and he'd end up getting the ball anyway. But for him to do it in the manner in which, nope, don't agree with it. Foul. I'm going to tell you why it was wrong. It was wrong because she was a woman. You're a guy. And it looked like you wrestled it. It was going to her, and you wrestled it away. I didn't like that. If it was two guys, I probably wouldn't have cared. I wouldn't have cared. Matter of fact, this is my stadium. You don't get. You ain't getting a ball in my stadium. No. Okay. Honestly, I probably wouldn't have cared. I probably wouldn't have cared if I'm a Cowboy fan and I'm sitting there 
and a giant fan comes down. And and uh, Odell Beckham comes over and throws him a ball. Yeah, I might snatch it too, but I ain't gonna snatch it out of a lady. I'm not gonna snatch it from a woman. I I I, I just I can't do that. That's just you know, uh, you guys heard my mom on the phone. She taught us manners, and you you just don't do that. Uh, I might have grabbed it and handed it to her. Say, here you go, you know, here you go, baby. You know, by the way, what's your name, Mills? You know, um, but <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying. But I think that was, to me, the bigger issue. The issue really wasn't the fact that, you know, it was for her, the team. I don't give a damn about all that, you know. I, but but you're a guy, and, you know, be a gentleman and do the right thing as a gentleman. And as a gentleman, you know, you give the lady the ball. You let the lady have the ball. That's that's kind of how I feel. Yeah. Because, remember, he's yeah. sitting there. She's sitting up back and came down to try to get a ball. But that's his seat. You know what I'm saying? And, and see, that's kind of where I'm like, I, I'm okay with him saying, no, I'm here. I'm going to get the ball, but not over a lady. That's where I had to draw a line and say, not over the lady. That's just my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I would have to say that that was like the first thing that turned that turned me into the fact that I ain't do that as a chick. Like, there's <laughs> a female. You want to snatch it Just rude. Isn't that rude? He could have. I agree. He could have thought like about that. Out there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, well, you know what? I'm gonna hold off on my comment on the Saints because we're gonna we're gonna now jump. I'm gonna I'm gonna do an audible and jump to bona fide or bona front. Um, so K Star, bona fide or bona front? All right, gentlemen. We saw what the Patriots did to the Colts. Oh, we did, and it was an absolute thrashing. And my bona fide statement is, to me, the Bill Belichick has the Patriots in 01, 03, 04 form. They're back. The Patriots actually won those Super Bowls. Oh, they're back. They're absolutely bona fide. It's the Bill Belichick teams. We remember winning those Super Bowls. Because now they have uh, their Darrell their Regis, which they're acting and using as a Ty Law-like uh, figure for them. And you look at Browner. And then what he does, and just the chess pieces that Bill Belichick has, that defense in today's passing era to do what they did uh, at Indy. And, I mean, let's, let's face it, doing what they did back-to-back from Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck was amazing. So, to me, the Patriots are back to what they used to be when they won those Super Bowls. That is absolutely bona fide. That is who they are. I fear them. I, I fear them. I got to be honest. As a Steelers fan, I don't want to see them. Oh, my God. But, yeah, absolutely, they're, they're, they're the bona fide back to what they actually were. Because those got those defensive components. JB. Well, I thank you for one uh, explaining what 010304 was. I'm thinking January 3rd, 2004. I'm like, dang, he's 15 years. What's he, what's he talking about? But um, to to go where you're going, I, I'm gonna go bona fide. I think the Pats are on a roll. They're, um, as long as Gronk can stay healthy, because he really is the X factor. When he's out there and he's healthy, they're a different team for whatever reason on both sides of the ball. So if you can remain healthy, they are looking a lot like early 2000 football. Trey? Um, I'm going to call it on a five. It's just that at the end of K-Star statement, he said the defense is an added Bonus. I don't know if you were saying that was different from oh one, oh three, oh four, because uh, it's not different. It's actually no, no, no. That's exactly. that's the whole point. That's exactly the that's the point. 
exactly oh, okay, what they okay, were. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. That means I misunderstood you. Okay. Yeah. So it's exactly what 03, 01, 03, 04 was a defense with that offense. And actually, that offense is better because Tom Brady is actually better than what he was. He's a more dangerous quarterback because he's, you know, because of, just because of experience alone. So, yes, definitely bona fide, man. That's a scary team. Mm. I, I can't mm. say bona front. They put up 50 on them. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, time for me to go to school. Professor T, um, the omniscient one. Uh, yeah, yeah. They call Robert Smith the college football oracle. I may be the pro football oracle. Um, this is completely bona front. Um, this this is about the most ridiculous one K-Star has had. This year alone, we've had the Bengals as the best team in football, the Seahawks as the best team in football, the Cowboys as the best team in football, the Cardinals as the best team in football, the Broncos as the best team in football. Now we're looking at maybe the Patriots or maybe the Packers because they're pretty hot too, right? So we've had six or seven best teams in football. This is not 01, 03, 04. Sorry, no. Number two, in 07, this team was 16-0. and 0. Went into the playoffs, steamrolled to the Super Bowl, and got beat. This is parody. And, yes, they're on a roll. I'm not going to deny that they're on a roll. But it was only, was it six weeks ago, Monday night, blown out by Kansas City, who's still looking pretty good, who just beat Seattle. So I, I, I'm not there yet. I, I, matter of fact, I'm not going to get there. Team hasn't won a Super Bowl in 10 years. And yet they make the playoffs pretty much every year. Almost went undefeated in 07. Lost to the Giants, who was a sixth seed, mind you. We had to go on the road and beat everybody before going to the Super Bowl and taking out the Patriots. Twice. Um, yeah, no. No, they, they're going to – when this when February comes and they go in and win the Super Bowl, then we can say, okay, it's 01, 03, 04 again. In the meantime, there's just too, there's just, there's just too many teams out there. There's just too many teams. You, fear, fear Denver. Fear Kansas City. You know, fear Andrew Luck. Fear your Steelers. Ben going out there throwing six touchdowns two weeks in a row. No, I don't, I don't see it just yet. I, I don't. They're on a nice run, but so is, so is Green Bay. So, see, so you're, you're on the front because, because you're looking at the fact that the team, that the 01, 03, 04 teams won Super Bowl. That's correct. Because their their records, you know, their records definitely wouldn't just like, you know, super spectacular. You're right. The 07 season was just ridiculous. They couldn't, just, they, were a, they were an undefeated team all the way to mm-hmm. the Super Bowl. And mm-hmm. I just think form just within context of form, just meaning the makeup of the team, the ability, I think this, this team looks very similar to those teams in yes. the sense of their ability yeah, but, to win but, it all. But, but, Not but, necessarily but, to say that they will, but, wait a minute. but Slow their down. ability Slow to down. win it all. O- o- one, o- one, we can't make that comment about 01 because no one knew what this team was going to look like when Bledsoe got knocked out and Brady came in. So that developed. So you can't make that comment about 01. This is the okay. Yeah, but 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 we've seen this team dominant. Now Brady has a track record. Then we didn't know. We didn't know what 
uh, six-round draft pick Tom Brady from Michigan was going to do. We didn't know in 01. No, 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 as a, as a team and the formula is what made them successful to win those Super Bowls. Excuse, excuse what they are I'd like to, I would like to say my own words because I can say my words better than you. Please don't put words in my mouth. What I am saying to you is you can't go back and say the formula for 101 when the formula from 101 was Tom Brady coming in off the bench and taking over for an injured blue, Drew Bledsoe. Nobody knew what was going to happen. Not even Bill Belichick. He didn't bench Brady uh, uh, Bledsoe and say – Bledsoe's ineffective. Go in there and take this team to the Super Bowl. Brady got hurt, and he said, go in there. And this developed. So this wasn't created. It developed. It happened where we saw this guy come in skinnier than with a, with a decent arm, little rangy, little lanky, doing some stuff. We're like, whoa, where'd this guy come from? Not bad. Well, we know what he can do now. But guess what? Didn't do it in 02. And they came back, had two great years, 03 and 04. What I'm saying to you now, though, is that there's so much parity that here we go anointing a team again and saying they're in Super Bowl form when six weeks ago they were blown out by Kansas City and people were putting, were saying time to blow up New England. People were saying, oh, they can't they, they uh, but, but But tell me that's not what people were saying six weeks ago when they got blown out by Kansas City. That's what was – I didn't say we said it, but that's what was being said. So my point is very simply this. Um, they are doing well. They are on a nice run. Defense is playing better. Gronk is looking incredible, looking pretty good. But when I look at that AFC and I look at Denver and what Denver can still do, you've got a question on here about, about Kansas City. We're going to talk about them. We already know what Andrew Luck is capable of. Pittsburgh, if they get on a roll, you're gonna you're gonna, you're gonna tell me that it's 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 a shoe in for the Patriots that they're looking that dominant? I don't think so. I think I'm they're not, looking pretty good. It's, 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 it's not about yeah. them being a shoe in. It's more or less retracing their steps as to what made them uh, successful in those years, and that was yep. investing in defense, playing the short passing game, having that Kevin Falk, aka Shane Marine, at the back, but also having that iron fist in that running back, uh, which was Corey Dillon, and now it's like Jonas Gray. Right. My- point is that the other teams now can knock them off just a, a lot right now there's much more parity than I've ever seen in both conferences because the Patriots are on a run now doesn't mean that they're in the form that they were then because the other teams are capable of beating them let's take a look why don't we look at the Patriots schedule you know you want to talk about you want to talk about are they in, are they, you know, is, is the formula the same? Well, the formula means they got to win games, right? So let's look at who they've got coming up. They've got Detroit coming up. They've got Green Bay coming up. They've got San Diego coming up. They've got Miami coming up. It's four games. You think they're going to win all four of those games? Two and two maybe? I don't know. We'll see. Those are, two, those are tough games. We could be sitting here and, and they are. We and they're eight and two now. They could lose. They could. They, they got to go to Green Bay and go to San Diego. They got to play Detroit, who played Arizona tough, right? Yeah. They got to play Detroit at home. Could they lose the next three games? I'm saying, could they? Will they? 
I don't think they will, but could they? Would you be shocked if Detroit didn't go there and beat them? Would you be shocked if Aaron Rodgers didn't beat them in Green Bay? Would you be shocked if the Phillip Rivers that can play doesn't show up in San Diego where they beat Seattle and they don't beat them? And now all of a sudden, 8-2 and is now 8-5. and That's my point is the team, yes, is built similarly. But the league is stronger now than it was in 03 and 04. 01, we didn't know. Because and, that's, Brady and, I, and, and that's that's my difference right there, Key. That first part where you said team similarly, that's, that's what I'm calling bona fide. But I'm not disagreeing with you as far as your point of view from, from parity per, per second. I don't disagree right. with that at all. And so when you say Super Bowl form, because you're, you're, he, you know, K-Star's question refers to Super Bowl winning years, I have to say bona fide. Successful? Okay. I'm, yes. the, I'm, I'm talking about the, form, the, the formula of the team. But the, as but far as just the, the blueprint construction the of it. That won Super Bowls. And I'm not convinced that their formula can win them a Super Bowl this year because even if they get through the AFC, even if they get through the AFC, look at who's waiting on the NFC side. An Arizona team that's looking pretty strong. A Green Bay team that's looking pretty strong. A Dallas team that's looking pretty strong. Those are three off the top of my head that can go toe-to-toe with the Patriots right now. So that's why. So, so when you make the statement, that's why I have to say bona front because your statement refers to a form that won Super Bowls. And so for that reason, I say bona front. Not that they're not going to be successful, not that they're not going to be competitive. If you said, are they competitive and ready to compete, you know, one of the better teams in the NFL, then I'd say bona fide, absolutely. They're going to be there. They may get number one seed, absolutely. For that, I'd say bona fide. When you compare it to the Super Bowl winning years, well, now I have to say, well, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to be, if they're going to be that good with this form that they're repeating from those years. I don't know because there's so much more parity now than I think than we had in 03 and 04. So that's why I have to say bona fide, because you chose Super Bowl winning years to make your comparison. That's the only reason. And I honestly it's right now – because of how they're playing, not not because they're winning games. It's because of, 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 of running the ball, of just the short passing and the defense. Again, the defense. But it's because absolutely it's the defense. because they're winning games that you're asking the question. Don't say it's not because they're winning games. It's absolutely yeah, I, this team is nothing like oh seven. This team is nothing like oh seven. I'm not saying that it's just because they're they're doing well. There's nothing to but, do with but, that. But 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 well, well, K Star, it kills your whole point. If they're playing the way they played in oh three and oh four, and they're two and eight, you're not going to say, well, gosh, they have the same formula they had in oh three and oh four, but they're losing yeah. every week. <laughs> <laughs> exactly because they're winning that you're making the comparison. And I'm saying is yeah. I'm not there with you yet just yet. I look at the next four games, they could theoretically lose all four. I don't think they will. But these are this is okay. a tough stretch that they're going into. Yeah, it it is. I and from that from that viewpoint, D, I just you know, I, I could I could respect I could respect that viewpoint. I mean I'm still stick with Bonafide, but I can respect that viewpoint. It's definitely right. a tough role for them and, and the parody does it will make a difference on what that what that O one, O three and O fourteen was able to do then because I think you only had, you know, really three, maybe four teams that were, you know, but you could easily pick your Super Bowl winner uh, at this point in the season. <laughs> versus, right. Versus right. Now. Right. I agree. All right. Next one, K-Star. All right. Uh, Drew Brees. Is he a horseman? 
He's no longer a horseman. He's no longer part of the four horsemen. That's a bona fide statement. This dude is playing terrible. Playing terrible. Not playing terrible, just to clarify. This guy is giving away games. I was so disappointed to see the, the, the Saints lose to Cincinnati the way they did. They're hardly putting up points. And I don't understand the continued affection and love affair for Drew Brees, mainly by uh, U-Train, uh, putting in the four horsemen when this dude is playing like he, he doesn't have a horse to, to ride on. Because he's <laughs> – uh, seriously, he it's bad. He, I mean, he has him as his fantasy quarterback. I'm not just going to say it's because it's based off fantasy, but, I mean, he could tell you from a game logs and just and just I'm sure following him closely, it's not going well. And I think it's time to take him off. He's no longer part of the four horsemen. I think it's bona fide. He's no longer part of the Four Horsemen. I think it's bona front if you think he is part of the Four Horsemen. Blow it out your ass. Um, <laughs> Train, you, you nicknamed the Four Horsemen. I think you should go first. Well, let me say I'm not necessarily making excuses. Um, and I won't make any excuse for uh, any quarterback's play. Um but he will still remain definitely uh, a horse for horseman. And, you know, since I named him, you know, that, that that's just what I will stick with. But, you know, Drew Brees has lost some things that that allow him to play well. Uh, and those same things the other guys that I, that I you know, named four horsemen, they still have, you know. And it is an offensive line that keeps him up, right? There is, you know, certain targets around him that work in that offense. Um, like I said, not making excuses, but I'm not taking him down from the four horsemen. I think he's still an efficient and effective quarterback. And everybody has their down years. JB? Yeah, I, I caught a little bit of what Train said. And the little man was over there about to have an asthma attack, so I had to move out the way. Uh, basically, I'll say this. I, I still put him as a part of the four horsemen. And, and to your uh, statement about the game against the um, the Bengals, like I said before, quarterbacks don't play defense, so they, they don't have that much of an impact on that side of the of the, of the football. So I discredit that one. Is he playing? He's not playing Drew Brees-type football that we're accustomed to. However, like we've said before, to be part of the four horsemen, the biggest thing outside of having a high level of competitive play is to have that high level of competitive play for a long period of time. And that he has shown, and I'm willing to give him a pass because they are struggling as a team, because he is not playing well, but the the the, the longevity of his play Still keeps him as a full horseman, so that's that's bona fide. He's still full horseman. Yeah. <clears throat> so, ten minutes ago we talked about Eli Manning and blowing it up, and you said Eli Manning is still a good quarterback. Don't blow it up, and you know, blah blah blah. But you want to take Drew Brees out of the four horsemen. Um, Drew, Drew Brees completes sixty-six percent of his passes. Career. Career. Okay, 66% of his passes. Drew Brees has thrown for over 54,000 yards in his career. 382 touchdowns, 187 interceptions, 95.3 quarterback rating in his career, and a Super Bowl. He's a four horseman because 
we know what we're going to get from him more times than not. This problem this year is he's pressing. He's trying to do too much because he's that good. He's that great. He's just not getting it done. So if you want to say he's having a sub-Drew Brees year, I agree with that. But guess what? We can say sub-Drew Brees year because of all of the years that Drew Brees has had that have been great. And so do you do you automatically disqualify him because this year with no Darren Sproles and not the weapons, Jimmy Graham was hurt a couple of games. And, you know, frankly, I think, frankly, in my opinion, Jimmy Graham's overrated. I'm sorry. Jimmy Graham is overrated. I've said it before, and I will say it again. He is a good tight end. He is not a great tight end. He is soft. Okay, he is soft. And that's why he's not the target that Drew Brees really needs there. But that's another conversation. I'm, I'm, I'm not even going to go there right now. I'm just going to say that. But, I, that I, makes I, for a good bona fide bona front topic in the future weeks, maybe, to go ahead. Well, I mean, you know. <laughs> He's still, I mean, he's still, he's he's completing almost 70% of his passes in a down year. He already has passed 3,000 yards in a down year. I remember when 3,000 used to be the standard. He's got 5,000 yards passing three years in a row. You know, I, I just, I, I can't see, you know, 19, 19 touchdowns, 10 interceptions in a down year. You know what I mean? I mean, he's not having yeah, okay. a yeah, I get it. I get it. He, he's had some turnovers, and he's had some ball control issues. I think it's because he's pressing. He's pressing. That's what I think it is. He's just pressing. He's got to relax. And guess what? He's in a division. Frank, I still think they're going to win a division. Yeah, division. The playoffs. He, he might, and that's sad. That division is, is, is sad. You know, you got your division that's two games over 500. You got their division that's two games under 500. And yeah, they're the exact opposite of us. It's, it's, it's and North. someone's going to win that division and get into the playoffs. And I'll tell you what, if if Atlanta or New Orleans wins that division, be careful. Don't go and play the, go, go play the record. They, whoever plays them better play the team because those mm-hmm. guys are going to get a home wild card game. And going mm-hmm. to Atlanta and going to New Orleans is no fun. So we can sit here all we What's that? I said both tough, both tough stadiums. To That's what I'm it. saying. And though you yeah. talk about a wild card team like a like a, a San Francisco or a uh, Detroit or a Dallas or a Philly going to play on the road, I, all bets are off at that point. So let so we can say what we want, but I'll tell you what. If Drew Brees gets into the postseason, I wouldn't bet against him. <laughs> I wouldn't bet against him at all. All right. Go ahead. Next. Yep. All right, boys. Next we got <clears throat> none other than uh, the Denver Broncos. You know, they've been struggling a little bit. And the question I pose is, due to the rash of injuries, and strictly due to them, are they in trouble? Are they – Are they? Uh, could they possibly give this AFC West up? Um, man, this is tough for me because the Chiefs are playing so damn well, and the Broncos, I always back them. I got to say it's still bona front. I mean, I know this, the Broncos have all this rash of injuries, but actually they, they still have a pretty good back in, in C.J. Anderson. Uh, I still feel that Peyton Manning is still Peyton, and I still feel that defense is pretty good, and that, you know, it was a fortunate loss that they had in those injuries at, at St. Louis. Uh, but I expect them to still, uh, you know, Get get their act together and win the AFC West, and I think they're still absolutely a Super Bowl contender. I don't think that's changed at all. 
Um, so I, it's tough to gauge the level of danger they're in. It really is, as I sit here and say it. But um, I don't. I don't. I'm not pressing the red alert. I'm not. I'm not hitting the red alarm yet. I, for me, it's bona fide. I don't believe that the Red Broncos are in danger, but I certainly can see why some people say that they may be. JB. No, I don't think they're in any danger. Um, I think people looking at the loss to the Rams, obviously that was not a, a very good loss by any stretch. But, again, that's one game. And you look at the body of work, you got Peyton as your quarterback. That alone is, accounts for several wins by itself. Chiefs are playing well, no question. Uh, they, they, they should be uh, playing with some more angst, if you will, but – to be fearful of losing the division, no, I, I, I think they're going to win the division to start, and they haven't shown me anything in full-body work to deter me from, from choosing them. They're still going to win the division. Trey? Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, in danger of losing the division. Um. I'm not sure if I can even answer you on the front because um, they're in danger of losing the division whether they have the injuries or not. And and I'll just take the key statement of parity. You know, if they haven't locked up anything, uh, you still have to go out and play the games, and this is just a classic trap game for them. They may have looked past St. Louis, and St. Louis got them. So they're recuperating. So uh, I, I, I maybe on the front, but I still think it's a tough battle whether they have the players or not to get that division. Uh, Chiefs are not done, and these are the Chargers. Hmm. Um, if you said, is it bona fide that they're not going to win the number one seed, I'd say, yep. I think I think that's going to be hard for them. Um, but I think they're still going to win the division, and I, I think they're going to get a two seed. I think... Um, if if I if if you if I had to put money on it right now, um, I think the injuries will stop them from closing the gap. I think I think that loss to New England is going to be the difference in the one and two seed. I think New England's got the inside track to get that one seed, and um, Denver Denver's going to win the division. Denver's going to win the division. I, I just, it's just Peyton Manning wins divisions. I mean that's just what he does. And they're going to win the division. So. Yeah, I mean yeah. That's what he does. So, um, That's true. last last but not least, K Star, one last one. Train's gonna like this one. All right, Train. Yeah, this is the Train special. Um, is this the year? Unlike last year, is this the year the Kansas City Chiefs are a bonafide front to win the AFC, or is this full gold? Train uh, for me. Oh man, it's, for me it's still fool's gold, still bona front because you look at other teams. I don't feel like they're not going to win their division. But I don't feel like they're not going to win their division. I don't feel like they're going to win the conference because New England to me is looking like the best team in the AFC. Uh, and, and there's still some pretty good defenses out there uh, that can stop the run uh, in Baltimore. I think he has a wild card because, you know, he was winning the division. Uh, and, you know, um, the, the the Chiefs would have to, and only and only this, only this way would they ever be contending in the AFC, is if they have a field advantage and they're not getting that. So, for me, going to front, they're still not a contender in the AFC, just like last year. Train? Wow. Um, you almost took your 
Bonafide, Bonafide out of context, but she did bring stuff back. So, uh, good she did that. I was about to tell you, my hope, but I'm still going to say, um, this is Bonafide. They're contenders. They're playing. And you still have to play the game. I don't see no reason not to, uh, see no reason why not call them. Defense playing well, offense has a rhythm. The wide receivers have a touchdown, but who cares? At the end of the day, at the, end of the day, only thing that matters is that you have a W. You need just one more point more than they do, and you win the game. And the Chiefs are playing all the season. So, yes, absolutely, they are AFC contenders. JB? Yeah, I take them as AFC contenders. Based on how the question was, was worded and phrased, all you have to do is be a minimum six seed to be a contender. I mean, we've seen, we just talked about the Giants back in 2011, had to go win on the road to get to the, just be a six seed and won the whole thing. So once you make it into the playoffs, that that's that's where it counts. And right now, I believe if the season were to end today, they would be in the playoffs, thus making them an AFC contender. So I say it's bona fide. Um, I'll just say they were a contender last year. They're a contender this year. You know, because K-Star doesn't recognize it means even more so that they're a contender. Um, They are a contender. Now, I have said clearly that I have a lot of experience with Andy Reid as a head coach. So you have Andy Reid as a head coach who really hasn't won anything in his career. Yeah, he made one Super Bowl appearance, five uh, NFC Championship games, one Super Bowl. That's Andy Reid's legacy with Donovan McNabb pretty much as his as his quarterback. Um, and you've got um, um, Alex Smith, who had a winning record and was replaced by Colin Kaepernick. So that's what you have over there in Kansas City. I think the X factor to them for me is uh, Jamal Charles is nasty. <laughs> I mean, homeboy is nasty. Okay. And um, – you know, we see what a good running game can do to a team. You know, we, we see that around the NFL when you have a good stout running game. You you, you can compete in pretty much any game. Um, so we'll see. I, I don't think I don't think they're going to be good enough to re, to outdo a Denver, to outdo a New England. But I do think that we have to consider them contenders. Absolutely. Um, all right. Good stuff, K-Star. Good stuff. Um uh, Dr. Train, it is time for your rant session. Dr. Train's philosophy. Take it away. Wait. Uh, so I call Dr. Train's philosophy today. Competition's not what is what is expected. And um, let me let me take it from this angle. Yes, there is parity in the league in the sense that uh, we don't know who's going to win on Sunday. We have no clue. And we're getting surprising victories, we, you know, uh, who we're picking. And, and nothing's turning out exactly like we think it will. My issue is not the lack of parity, but simply that the game itself is just not competitive for 60 minutes. And I'm talking about good matchups not being competitive for 60 minutes. Name a few. Let's just go with division rivals. Bears-Packers, two games not competitive to the end, and they're supposed to be rivals, not much of a rival. Let's just go in the conference rivals. 
Steelers, no, another rival, uh, uh, division rival, Steelers-Ravens. The first game, the Ravens blew them out. The second game, the Steelers blew them out. Where's the competition for 60 minutes? Where's the competition that keeps you staring at that TV until the last second goes off the clock? Coach Patriots this past week, I mean, maybe three quarters, but then Patriots ran off with it. Uh, Steelers coach weeks ago, same ordeal, ran off with it. I, <laughs> I miss seeing 60 minutes of football. I mean, I was excited about seeing the slate of games this week, you know, even though I had engagement photos. But then when I actually look at the scores, I'm looking like, well, what did I miss? Because I'm seeing blowouts. And the best games are by teams that got garbage records against teams that got good records. Those are like the best games to watch for the teams that are like records are quite even and they're about to blitz hands. These games are over before they even start good. And I don't know whether it's the player or the coaches, but, man, I'm missing. I feel like this year we're missing the 60-minute competition, man down to the water. And just not seeing it as much. Perry, yes, but competition is just it's not there like I would like to be. Um my 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 only comment train is so what? I mean you don't know. Well so what? You don't know but you still don't know. I think that's the beauty of it. You you don't know whether you're going to get a blowout or not. So you have competitive teams fighting, jockeying for playoff position, and New England goes and blows out the Colts. Not expected. And then you have a team like the Rams, whose season's pretty much over, maybe, and they go in and they beat the Broncos. That's the beauty of this game. To me, that's great. That's not, not negative about that. That's great because you just you don't know. I think the other way around would be boring if every you know Colts. Um, Patriots game was 31-30 and every Jacksonville Seattle game was 59-10 that would be boring that would be boring you talking about a tight game I don't think a tight game can ever be seen as boring like how how do you look at a tight game as boring no 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 hold up slow down slow down slow down slow down slow down hear me predictable predictable thank you K-Star predictable we don't know we don't know. So you look at two competitive teams and want to see a competitive game, and one team blows out the other one. You look at a team that has a great record against a team that has a crappy record, and then that turns out to be a competitive game. I say, so what? That's beautiful because you just don't well, know. Well, here's my, here's my point. See, I don't, I'm not looking for a blowout either way. I don't care if it is a crappy team. Too. I'm still, I actually enjoyed the game from last night, still as tight. I like that. That was all the way down to the second. I didn't care about the records. I'm talking about the sport of football and being able to watch a game fully and enjoying 60 minutes of full competition but, 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 instead of after three quarters. I'm going to tell you like I used to. I used, I'm going to tell you like I used to tell my dad. He said the same problem. Their job is to go out there and play the game and win the game. And if they can blow out the other team, then they're going to do it. And you can't expect every game to be a 31-30 competitive game for our entertainment value. I'm entertained watching two football teams play, regardless of the score. 
I don't need it to be. Frankly, when the Cowboys play, I want a blowout. I want them to go into New York next Sunday night and annihilate the team so at halftime the game is over. I want it 38 to nothing at halftime. That's what I want. I want you bored stiff. I want you turning the game off because this is boring. I don't even want to watch this anymore. What's on cable? That's what I want. I don't want a close game that goes no. down to the stretch that we might lose. Hell no. Blow them out. Annihilate them. We're just on two different ends of, of, of the fence because I love I love sitting on the edge of my seat. Do you love comp- Do you love competition more than you love winning? I, 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 I didn't I didn't say that when you were talking. I'm asking the question. I'm asking. No, if you're talking about a reference to my team, no, I want my team. I want my team to win the close game, but I also want the competition. Yeah. So you would prefer a close. Wait, wait, wait. So you would prefer a close game with your team that they could lose. Versus a blowout, because you'd rather be entertained than to know, we got this game in the bag, let's go on to the next one. I get, for me, it really depends on who it is. <laughs> I will, I, I'll tell you what. Hell you know, no. Yeah, hell, I, never, I will quick, never no. in my, I will I, never. I, maybe I'm just this. I'm glad you enjoyed that Titans-Steelers game last night, because I sure as hell did not. That shit had me stressed. I'm sorry, but that, there's no way. That's a stressful game. All right? At oh, first, I was excited because I thought it was going to be your blowout. No, no. You wanted to dominate. That's competition. I enjoyed the San Francisco I enjoyed the San Francisco Bears game more than I enjoyed the Bears-Atlanta game. I just did. You're I like watching that. Well, maybe that's why, hey, I, hey, don't, hey. don't, don't, hey, hey, I'm going to be honest with you. If it hurts your feelings, you'll get over it. Maybe that's why your team is 3-7. and seven. I mean, <laughs> you want that, that has actually they're they're four and six. And, I'm sorry, and secondly, six. you're not four you're not gonna hurt my feelings, uh, because I'm, I'm not a kid. <laughs> but thirdly, it's just how I am. I like competition, man. Don't, don't so, knock a guy that likes competition. I'm not knocking so a guy that likes competition. I'm gonna knock a guy. I'm gonna tell you this though, and I am very aware that you're not a kid. Um. I'm going to knock a guy that would rather see a close game with his team that he lives and dies for it in a blowout. I will never understand that. I will never understand you saying I would rather see my team in a close competitive game than a blowout. There's, I, I don't see that at all. Your team, to me, I like if it's your team that you're supporting and want to see get to the Super Bowl, then you want them to win. And close games could be losses. Period. Close games could be losses. Why do you want to risk it just to be entertained? No, kill them, destroy them, mangle them, whoop them, because you want that win. You want, and that is competition, and that is competition. The beauty of of competition is sometimes there's domination because they're they're so competitive. I mean, look at Green Bay and what they're doing to teams now. Look how look how Aaron Rodgers is on fire. I I mean, you don't like watching that. Watching what Aaron Rodgers is doing, that is a masterful quarterback at the helm in control of that team playing on a on an exceptionally high level that few quarterbacks I ever. like watching I like watching that, but then when it gets to the point where the other team has no fight, then yes, it starts to get boring to me. But that's how I like to is. see the other team has fight and it keeps but that's how and then, and then is, it just though. keeps going the seesaw battle. I love that. That's how good he is that that team can't. It's not that they don't want to. They don't have the skill sets, the play calling, the schemes, the coaching. They just can't do it, and that's part of sports. That's part of I'll just say this. Sports. I'll just say this. I really, even though they did not win the Super Bowl, 
I really enjoyed watching the Patriots destroy people in the 07 season because it was just an appreciation of greatness, man. That's exactly what that was. Uh, and, you know, I mean, it, like, like like he was saying, he kind of stole my point that I was going to bring up. Like, you know, watching, like appreciating greatness. It's like when I watched Michael, Michael Jordan, you were, I'm sure, were a Bulls fan, being from Chicago. Or did you not enjoy what he was dominating? I mean, like, come on. Yeah, I did. I really of did. course you did. And, and let me and let me give you another let me give another example. It was we talking basketball. Um, UConn women just lost for the first time in 47 games. And I gotta tell you, it's a bunch of hypocritical people walking around Connecticut that were that have complained to the point where UConn women are having difficulty selling out games because people don't want to see blowouts. So when they spend money to go to the game, and I, I can understand that to a point because you're spending money versus sitting home. But I recall in this state before Gino got there when UConn basketball, men and women stunk, and people hated it. They couldn't stand it. And they're like, we need to be competitive. Why can't we be competitive? Now you got a team that's not just competitive, that is dominant, and now you complain. Well, you can't have it both ways. We got one of the best coaches to ever coach women's basketball in there, Got eight championships, or however many he's got. I don't even can't even count how many he's got. Dominant, and now people are complaining. But I remember, I'm old enough to remember, before Gina was there, people were complaining. They didn't like it. We weren't winning. We weren't. We were losing. We couldn't. We weren't going to the to the uh, tournament. Blah blah blah. Gina comes in, creates a dominant program, eclipses Tennessee's program, which was the dominant program, eclipses them. And year after year, just does it again and again. To me, man, I love watching that. That's that's just brilliant. Dallas Cowboys, 1966 to 1985, 20 consecutive winning seasons. Will that ever happen in the NFL again with free agency? I don't think so. Maybe, but I tell you, now I wasn't. I didn't see every one of those because a couple of those were before I started watching football. But I saw probably about fifteen of those, and every year you knew Dallas was going to the Super or going to the playoffs. I loved it. So, so I'm not trying to knock you, Train, at all. But I'm saying is that there's another way to appreciate the game. If it's not competitive, then we can appreciate greatness. And and I think K Star made an excellent point because I'm a huge Michael Jordan fan. And when Jordan was out there and and fourth quarter came and the Bulls were down by seven, come on, man, you know what was going to (laughs) happen. You knew who was getting the ball. And you knew they was going to end up winning by 12. You know what I mean? It just, you know, and you knew most of the times it was nothing they could do. It got, it got, in your words, boring because they couldn't stop Michael. Simple as that. I mean, that was, that was never boring. Right. (laughs) But but see, and, and, and see, and that to me is what, is what I would suggest you think about when you're watching. Because, I mean, we are lucky in this, in this era right now. We are lucky to have the four horsemen to watch. Because I look back on football, and I'm trying to think, when have we had four quarterbacks this caliber playing at the same time? Even if Breeze has dropped a bit, you think about it. You look at the top four quarterbacks uh, in, in the Pro Bowl. It's the four horsemen, the top four vote-getting quarterbacks for the Pro Bowl, it's the four horsemen. We are lucky to have those quarterbacks playing at this high level. We are blessed to be able to sit and watch Tom Brady at 37 years old, Peyton Manning at 38 years old, Drew Brees at 35 years old, Aaron Rodgers, well, he's younger, 31, okay? But, man, we are lucky to watch that greatness. Lucky. Or we can go watch, you know, 
Well, I won't say the name. <laughs> I won't say the name. So that's that's what that's what I would say is look at it as greatness and enjoy the greatness. And just like in Madden, right, K Star, what do we say? If you can't stop me, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep doing it to you. Right? Well that's how pro football is, man. Hey, we're gonna go out there and we're gonna execute. And if you can't adjust, and, you know, hats off to the Steelers last night because I got to tell you, at one point I thought it was over. I thought Tennessee was going to run away with it. What did they do? Luckily we made that adjustment. They adjusted. (laughs) So when teams can't adjust, shame on them. Not boring to me. You suck. You couldn't adjust. Ass handed to you. You couldn't adjust. And I don't care if it's my own team. It could be the Cowboys. You didn't adjust. You didn't step up and fight. Step up and fight. Entertain me. Make me happy that I'm watching this game. You 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 don't want to do it? Okay. Well then I'm gonna watch the other team's greatness then. I'm gonna appreciate Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, boy. That boy, that boy right now. I mean other than other than Tom Brady. Uh nine championships. My mom just corrected me. She's a big UConn women's fan. Nine championships. Thank you, Mom. I knew it was somewhere up there, eight nine championships. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Mom. All right. Um, good stuff. Good stuff, though, Trent. Good stuff. Um, so my my rant is um, just 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 we talked on, touched on this last week, and I decided to do a little a little homework on what I think is just the league being very unfair to the Dallas Cowboys, and I'm not happy with it at all. And um, you know what? what this is unprecedented. It, it, unprecedented. Okay. So you got Dallas. You've got Philly. And we'll throw Chicago in there, too, okay, because Strain made a point of saying, hey, wait a minute, man, you know, we play on Thanksgiving, and then we turn around and play Dallas um, um, Thursday. So when I looked at it, I said, okay, well, we play the Giants Sunday night at 830 in New York, okay? Chicago plays Tampa Bay at 1 o'clock on Sunday at home, Okay. So when you get done, you've got to travel, and in four days, you're in Detroit. So Chicago to Detroit, okay? And you've got a full four days before your next game, complete four days. Chicago to Detroit. Dallas plays Sunday night at 8.30, then plays Thursday afternoon at 4.30, but it has to go from New York back to Texas. It's a home game, but they're on the road Sunday night, so they have to go back home and travel back to texas so it really wouldn't matter because you're already on the road you're traveling and then you don't get a full four days because your game is four hours earlier than the sunday game so the shortest turnaround ever between two games now here's where it really gets unfair because we're not in a battle against chicago necessarily but I'm just comparing it to Chicago because Chicago, then we play Chicago the following Thursday. So we look at those three games. We've got the shortest turnaround time because then we, after our home game on Thursday, we didn't have to go to Chicago a week later where Chicago gets to go home. So two out of those three games, you're home trained. Two out of those three games, we're on the road with a shorter turnaround time. But let's just put Chicago to the side and let's look at Philadelphia. Because that's our division rival, right? That's the team that we're battling with, right? That's the team we battled with last year, right? You would think the schedule makers would make sure that there's some some parity in scheduling so no team gets an advantage, right? No. So Sunday, they play at 1 o'clock. They're home. 
one o'clock, and then they come and play Dallas at four thirty, and then they don't play again until Sunday, ten days later, home again. So two out of that three games, they're playing at home. There's no there's no fairness here. And then you say, well, Dallas is coming off a bye week. Yeah, after having to go to London, nine hour flight up and back after after playing ten games. So we had a late bye after 10 games of playing, and then we got to come back after uh, flying nine hours up there and then nine hours back. So, you know, I, 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 I call foul. I call foul. I don't like it. It upsets me. And that said, I'm still thinking that we're going to be all right. But it's just not fair. And I wish, I, I, I wish, I mean, it's probably nothing that could have been done about it. But, man, I wonder if anybody in Dallas's front office looked at the schedule and looked at this and said, you do know you have us playing Sunday night before Thanksgiving. And you have us at the 430 game, which is usually their slot anyway. It's not even like they put it, you know, Thursday night. At least could have did make, moved it to a Thursday night game in Dallas. No, it's a Thursday afternoon game after playing Sunday night. It's just not fair. It's just not fair. So that's my rant. All right, uh, MVPs. I'll do mine because it's easy. Um, you know, under underappreciated coach is Jeff Fisher. Um, this Rams team, you know, they beat in Seattle. They just beat Denver. Um, they got another impressive win. It, it escapes it escapes me, but there's another team in there that they beat this year too. Um, probably not going to make the playoffs. It's unlikely, but. Um, you know, got to give Jeff Fisher that defense. I mean, they really – Peyton Manning, seven points. I mean, that's very impressive, very impressive. So, Jeff Fisher, Rams. Um, train. Man, I'm just, I'm just going to roll with the Patriots running back, Jonas this way, man. Um, just <laughs> it's crazy how they can just uh, plug and play players, but even still – uh, it was a pretty impressive com- uh, performance against uh, or be considered a competitive team of uh, a and uh, AFC competitive team. So that was great. All right, JB. And mine was um, Le'Veon Bell. I'm really starting to like his running style. He's patient with his blocks. He knows when to hit the hole, how to hit the hole, and uh, he can finish him too. And to get 204 yards against a pretty game Titan team. Yeah, he gets my uh, MVP for this week. Okay. Okay, star. Can I just say something real quick? Okay, yeah. so let me just say, and y'all talk about appreciating. I honestly did appreciate watching that kid run last night. I promise you, I think the entire game slowed down in front of him. And he was just moving, just gliding. It was pretty impressive. <laughs> it was a beat. It was too impressive, man. It made me mad. It made me mad because I started thinking maybe K-Star got a point about how good this kid is, man. I mean, dude was on last night, man. It was it was a very, very impressive game, man. It, it, if DeMarco Murray hasn't been playing out of his mind this year, K-Star might get me to come to his world about how, you know, um, you know, but DeMarco Murray is playing out of his mind. But good God, this this kid this kid was impressive last night. And, and like you said, Train, if you don't think that had anything to do with why they let Blunt go, K-Star, because <laughs> dude, dude was out of his mind last night. I got to give I gotta give him credit, man. That was a great, great, great hey, effort. Man. 
And that's why I was actually disappointed when they signed Blunt, just from a uh, fan perspective, because I was like, dude, there's no reason for it. Le'Veon is, is, is a special kind of player. Um, and real quick, uh, we kind of were talking about earlier about appreciating stuff like that. I mean, to to uh, in regards to Le'Veon, I mean, the Titans knew at the end of the game that he was going to get the rock over and over and over again after the Steelers made the adjustment, and they still couldn't stop him. So it was pretty um, great to see from a fan point of being a Steelers fan, but also just like, damn, I'm, I, I'm I'm happy that he's a Steeler um, type of thing. So it was pretty cool. <clears throat> just from a football perspective, take take your your hats off for who you root for, Steelers, Titans, Cowboys, Bears, doesn't matter. Just because we're all, first and foremost, we're all pure football fans. So to understand the game, know how the game is to be played, know what to expect, and the Titans still couldn't stop him because of the offensive line, because of the execution, because of his running style, it, it was a thing of beauty to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, and and and. and... And, and we keep piggybacking each other, but I think it's really re reestablishing the point that I was making the train earlier about the competition end of it. When you don't have competition and you, and there's greatness out there, like a bell did last night, that was greatness. Like Rogers is doing, like Brady is doing to me, that's just as good to watch as a competitive game, watching these guys and what they're able to do. And like, like K star said, they knew bell was getting the ball. Stacked the line and still couldn't stop him. And it ain't like the Steelers' offensive line is all that. Okay, this no. is Bell really running patiently, finding a hole, and then bam, gone. You know, and, and as Jay said, finishing the run, and it was, it was, it was very impressive. And I, I have to say, I, I enjoy watching that aspect of the game too, regardless of the score. I just enjoy it when you, when you can display that level of skill on a football field. Man, that's just woo, gets me going, gets me pumped up. <laughs> anyway, all right. Now, my MVP was uh, Bill Belichick. Uh, speaking of appreciating greatness, it's it just seeing his masterful adjustments making uh, made on the fly against the Colts. You know, you saw Reggie Wayne tear it up the first couple of drives, and uh, Belichick was like, he, what, "Was like, you know what? Let's go put the raw Revis on this Reggie Wayne guy who is apparently uh, tearing through our secondary." And uh, the rest of the game, he was quiet. And you saw Co- uh, Kobe Fleener uh, had a really big impact on the game, and. Um, he still made a couple of plays, but after they put Browner on him, they had issues as well. Conversely, on the other side of the ball, uh, someone had Jonas Gray as their MVP. Well, part of it was because, you know, Bill Belichick realized and established uh, and found out quickly that they can't stop the run. We're just going to keep going to Jonas Gray because guess what? They can't stop it. And we're going to establish our will. Or we're going to uh, make sure that the Colts know that they can't stop it. And um, just shout out to Bill Belichick and, and that uh, coaching staff. They just, it was awfully impressive. So for me, uh, Bill Belichick's MVP. All right. Excellent. All right. I'm going to roll into my pep talk and then we'll get into um, power rankings and picks. So I'm just going to kind of roll into my pep talk. And, um, I, you know, this is the time of the year now when we're coming down the stretch and people start to reminisce about the past and people start to say that, you know, Romo can't win in December and Dallas will choke down the stretch and they're seven and three now, but you know, they're going to choke and they're still going to end up eight and eight. And, you know, you, you, you hear all the pundits and I don't believe in Dallas and yada, yada, yada. So I was able to get some statistics to say pretty much that this team is not the team from the past. Um, and, and too many times, you know, you, you see statistics 
Um, you know, uh, Dallas is is uh, in in the last eight games against Philly, they're six and two. You know, and so people start thinking that that matters. Except when you realize that, you know, five of those eight games was completely different teams. <laughs> you know, three of those games was a completely different head coach. You know, two of those games was different quarterbacks. You know, but they don't say that when they're throwing these statistics up about history. Um, but there is history. I'm, I'm so, you know, in fairness, I'm going to share the, the, the bad history. In the last three years, the Cowboys uh, in the last six games of the season are 8-10. and 10. In the games after Thanksgiving, they're five and nine. In the last two games of the year, over the last three years, they're one and five, and well documented that each year they could have won the division, winning the last game of division, and they're zero and three against each of their three division rivals. And so people think, yep, and that means they're going to crumble down the stretch. But what people don't know is, um, of the fifty-three man roster from last year. 19 of those players are gone. Is 19 brand-new players. And of the 53-man roster from 2011, before this three-year streak, 38 players in the last three years have turned over. Um, last year, I'm sorry, 2011, when you looked at um, their defensive starters, they had 13 starters, a couple people rotating in and out. Only two of those starters on defense are with the team from 2011. From the end of last year, eight of the 22 starters, offense and defense, are brand-new players. And last year, Dallas used 23 players on their D-line. 23 players on their D-line. They were signing guys off the street. Okay, This year, through 10 games, they use 12, and these players have come up through the organization, through practice squad, through free agency. So it is a different team. So, you know, I say this to the people out there that are fans and the people out there that want to doubt my Cowboys, but I also say this to the Dallas Cowboys is don't listen. It doesn't matter. What matters right now is not December, is not January, is Sunday night is going into New York and beating a team that you should beat Sunday night, period. That's all that matters. I don't care. I don't want to talk about Philly. I don't care about Philly right now. I don't care about the Bears. I care about the Giants. And if this team stays focused and Tony Romo stays healthy, because that is the key, look out. But one week at a time. That's all I've got to say about that. All right. Let's go power rankings. So uh, last week, I did not have a good pick six week. Uh, I stunk it up with two and four. Train and JB were at three and three. And uh, K-Star is at four and two. I I, I didn't even ask Train if he wanted to do it, but oh, well, too bad. (laughs) Um, uh, So for the year, uh, Dr. Train, uh, while he did did, uh, a gain a game, he still – uh, picking up the rear, but still over 500 with 35 and 30, so still very respectable. Uh, JB would be next at 37 and 28, also very respectable. Uh, I have dropped a couple. I had a tie with K-Star, but I've slipped a bit. But uh, still very impressive with 40 correct wins and 25 uh, miscues. But right now, K-Star is the man at 43 and 22, and this is after 11 weeks. 
So um, there is an eight-game gap between Train and K-Star. So it's still anybody's. It's still anybody's. Uh, anybody's league. Anybody's uh, pickums. So, all right. Speaking of pickums, oh, I'm sorry. Before we do pickums, par rankings. Uh, let me pull out my par rankings. I actually should have did those first. My apologies. All right, par rankings. Very interesting par rankings this week. If you go to NFL.com, NFL.com has the Patriots, uh, Cardinals, Packers, Broncos, Broncos, and Cowboys. Go to Bleacher Report, they have Patriots, Cardinals, Packers, Broncos. So the first four teams are the same. The fifth team would be the Lions. You go to ESPN, four teams the same again. Patriots, Cardinals, Packers, Broncos, fifth team, Chiefs. So it seems that fifth team with these major sports entities is is the uncertain one. Um with with the Madden voice, uh it's it's pretty much the same order with a different fifth team. Um we we and, and when you look at our rankings, the Cowboys uh and the Chiefs certainly made a showing, but right now our fifth team is the Detroit Lions. And number four is the Broncos, just as the major entities have. Number three is the Packers. Number two is the Cardinals. And number one is the Patriots. Um, so we are exactly the same as Bleacher Report. But it's that fifth team that seems to right now be between the Lions, the Cowboys, and the Chiefs. Those seem to be the kind of the, the, the all similar, all with the same records, and it depends on who you ask as to the number five spot. Um I do want to ask Train, though, because he's sticking with the Cardinals as number one, yet everywhere I look, everybody has the Patriots at number one, including your colleagues. But you're still sticking with the Cardinals at number one. I'm curious why. have the best record in the league right now. And that's it? Yeah, that's it. Do you think they could beat the Patriots? Yeah, yeah I think they can beat the Patriots. You think they would be if they played right now? Would they beat the Patriots? Um, uh, I would say I think they're capable. Well, I, 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 I we would, can agree I with would, that. I would take them. You would pick them to beat the Patriots. Yeah, I would. I would. That's that's one I would. I would pick them with Drew Stanton. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, at least you're consistent. You you did say that you know you look at the two teams playing each other and and and, and you know you'll go with the team that you think could beat the team. I, I and that's you're right. I think you're in a in a in a very very min, very very small minority that would think that the Cardinals right now could beat the Patriots. I think um, I don't know that the Cardinals can beat the the, the Packers right now. I'll be honest with you, man. Uh, to me, right now. My opinion, even though I did have the Cardinals number two, um, um, I, I think the two top playing teams in the NFL right now are the Patriots and um, the Packers. They're just they just the eye test. There is record, and you can't and, and I and I can't disagree with record. Certainly, we were on the same side of that discussion last year when the Chiefs went to nine and zero, and and um, but it's just eye test and. And I guess maybe the Cardinals aren't sexy when they do it. They're just they're functional. They're getting it done. Nine and one. God bless them. 
But man, the way the Patriots and the Packers are, are just dominant when they're wins. Just it, it yeah, it, it impresses me. That's that's why I I even though I have the Cardinals second because I can't ignore nine and one, if they play the Packers, I'd go with the Packers. That's just that's just me. Um But um all right. So let's go with our picks this week because we got some pretty strong games to pick this week. Uh, Browns six and four travel to the current division leading four and six. <laughs> That's right, I said it. Division leading Atlanta Falcons at four and six. Uh, oh. Doctor Train, who you got? Ooh. Uh, wow. Browns versus. Um, I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with the Browns, man. God, it's hard to pick that man, man. They're they're inconsistent. Okay. Yeah, uh, I'm have to go with the Browns. Yeah. JV. Yeah, I'm going with the Browns also, and it's it's really more because I'm not sure which Falcons team is going to show up. They've won two games on the road, in a row on the road, and they're undefeated in their division, but can't seem to get it done outside of their division. Even though it's a home game, I'm still going to take the Browns reluctantly. Okay, Star? Uh, yeah, I'm going with the Browns as well. Um, in case anyone forgot, Josh Gordon is coming back too, uh, and I like them in the dome. And I think Isaiah Crowell has a nice game against uh, Atlanta. I like the guy rid of Ben Tate. Um, Brian Hoyer is not looking as good as Brian Hoyer was looking. I know Josh Gordon's coming back, but he hasn't played all year. Um, so let's see, let's see, let's see how, let's see what he does. He hasn't played all year. Um, I, I'm going with Atlanta at home. I think I, I, I watched Matt Ryan's post-game interview, and it just seemed to be uh, – felt like a little swagger was starting to come back. I think just the fact – they know they're four and six, but they also know they're in first place. And they they are normally very tough at home, although so was New Orleans and before the last couple of games. But I, I'm going to go with Atlanta on this one at home. So, um, All right, Bengals at 6-3-1 and one at the Texans. Uh, with their all-world uh, defensive end, tight end, um, <laughs> uh, 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 J.J. Watt. Bengals at the Texans. K-Star. Mr. K-Star. Okay. Uh, uh, he's still showing uh, up. Uh, I'm here, I'm here. Uh, okay. My phone was up. Uh, speaking of greatness, we were talking about that earlier. J.J. Watt, that is greatness. He's that is greatness. That is dominant. Single handedly yeah. beat the Browns last week, man. Um, I am going with Houston. Uh, listen, I mean, Andy Dalton struggles against man coverage, man press corners, and, I, and J.J. Watt is just again great. I don't need to explain his greatness. He's just a man. I like the Texans. Go J.J. All right, J.B. Yeah, I'm going with the Texans, too, and it's almost for a similar reasons as the uh, the previous game that we just discussed. I'm not sure which Bengals team is going to show up. They looked great against the Saints, but um, they've looked horrific against other teams this year. So 
the Texans are at home. Ryan Mallett didn't play all that bad for his uh, first start as a Texan either. Let's give him a little bit of credit. So I think uh, the Texans are going to pull this one out also. Okay. Dr. Train. Stay digging myself a hole. Um, we'll go with the Bengals. NGO returns this week. Who? I didn't hear you. Gio, I think Gio Vine returns, returns this week. Oh, okay. I think he does. Yeah. I'm going to go with the Bengals. Um, so, you know, Dr. Train introduced the conditional pick. So I'm going to make my pick conditional. If Arian Foster plays, then I'm going to pick the Texans. If Arian Foster does not play, then I will pick the Bengals. So that's my pick. Uh, Let's go with uh, Dr. Train. Um, The Lions at the Patriots. Man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a tough one. Mm-hmm. Oh. I just come off the law. Patriots just came off a blowout. I know. I wish I had some. Uh... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right now, I'm going to pick the Patriots. But I may change my pick before the week is out. But right now, I'm going to pick the Patriots. Okay. JB? I'm going with the Patriots also. They're at home. I think that's a business speaker, but... JB has the Patriots. K-Star? Yeah, no hesitation here. Patriots. Yeah, I'm going with the Patriots at home. Um, outdoor game, cold weather. Um, you know, the X factor for me in this game is Jim Caldwell's experience playing against Peyton Manning. I think that's going to help but he also has a lot of experience losing to Peyton. I'm sorry, to pay, uh, his experience playing against Tom Brady uh, when he when he was um, uh, offensive coordinator for uh, the Colts. But unfortunately, he's got a lot of experience losing to Tom Brady. So um, uh, I'm going to go with the Patriots on this one. Even though I even though I I was very clear to say that this is a game they could lose. Um. And and let me also throw in the fact that we may be discussing um, Calvin Johnson as no longer being the greatest wide receiver in the NFL. We we may have to have that conversation in the next couple of weeks. Um, two guys right now come to my mind as viable replacements. I'm not going to say who they are, but I've got two right now that come to my mind. So just keep that, just file that away. We're going to see how Calvin plays. Coming off that ankle injury, he's just not looking quite the same. Um, but we'll 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 we'll, put, we'll pause that. We don't want to we don't want to bury him just yet. 
Uh, did everybody pick? Let me make sure I got everybody. Yes. Yeah. Okay, great. Yep. All right. Uh, really key game. Cardinals, 9-1, and one, best record in the NFL, at the Seahawks. Super Bowl champions, 6-4. and four. Just lost to uh, Kansas City. Um, Dr. Train. The team that you think is the best team in the NFL playing last year's Super Bowl champions in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is the first of two meetings, and they are in Seattle. Um, Cards come off a win. Seattle came off a close win. Uh, I'm going to use Seattle this year. First of two meetings, Seattle's at home. Uh, I'll give Seattle the edge here. Uh, JB? Yeah, not the team that they were last year. I think we've already noted that. However, they're still a tough team playing at home. Um, the Chiefs are going to give them a run for their money. Make no mistake about it. But because they are at home, or excuse me, not, not the Chiefs, Cardinals, same color, different team. Um, I'm going to take Seattle uh, just because it, it is a divisional game for one, two. I think the Seahawks have something to prove now, uh, being that they're looking up at the Cardinals and they still want that division. They still want to take home that divisional title. This is the place to go. So taking Seattle. K-Star. Yeah, I like Seattle at home. I mean, Drew Stanton uh, can play well at home, but at Seattle's a whole different beast. Uh, for that reason, I'm taking Seattle. I'm taking Seattle, and I'm predicting a blowout. Um, this is going to be a game that Cardinals are going to get killed, and I don't think it's going to matter. I don't think it's going to change anything. I think Cardinals are still going to be formidable in the long run, but I, I think I think Seattle needs this game desperately, and they're home. And even though they've lost at home this year, they are they are very hard to beat at home. Arizona doesn't need this game as much. They've got a cushion. They've got a lead. Um, and they've got Drew Stanton back there. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We saw what happened in Philly with Mark Sanchez. He had one good game, and everybody wanted to anoint him the next heir apparent to take over Nick Foles' teams. And then the next game, you know, he does nothing. I think I'm not saying Drew Stanton's going to do nothing, but it really can, it really irks me when these guys are backup quarterbacks and they go in and take teams. They have a couple of good games, and everybody wants to put them in the Hall of Fame. I mean, there's a reason this guy is not a starter on a team right now. There's a reason because he's not good enough. Now he's a starter because Carson Palmer got hurt. But let's not let's remember that if they thought Drew Stanton was really that good. And why did they just extend Carson Palmer three years, two days before he got hurt? Because that was their guy, not Drew Stanton. So they can say all they want about he can win us and take a Super Bowl. And the guys look pretty good. I'm not going to lie. But there's a reason Carson Palmer was their starter. There was a reason they just signed him to a three-year contract, a contract for like $26 million. There was a reason for that. And I think this is the game where we see that. But I don't think it's going to change – uh, I still think Arizona is going to be there down the stretch. I don't think they're going anywhere, even though I, I predict they're going to lose, and I predict they're going to lose big. Um, Dolphins, 6-4 and four at the Broncos, 7-3. and three. Let's go with K-Star. 
I'm still uh, Miami defense is very good. A lot of injuries in Denver, but I just like Denver because it's in Denver. Honestly, um, I know it's a cop out a little bit, but fact of the matter is Miami's defense plays a little better at home than they do on the road. Uh, I don't think Ryan Tannehill is going to keep up with Peyton Manning. Not that I expect it to be a high-scoring game, but the fact of the matter is I believe in Denver's defense. Um, you know who are who actually are healthy, and I think that that will uh, be the difference in this game. I think the Marys has a big one. I like Denver. JB. Yeah, K Star. That's not a cop out. They're, they're playing at home and, and playing in Mile High. That's that's serious. I'm going with the Broncos. Also, I think that the home field advantage is going to play dividends for the Broncos, especially coming off that horrendous loss to the Rams. So, I'm taking Peyton in the game. Dr. Train. Peyton Manning got to get that taste out of his mouth, man. If anybody call any excuse of his press conference afterwards, hey, that, that dude gets disgusted when he don't play well. Dude, sorry for the Dolphins coming in there. You know, Train, you make, you make an excellent point. This guy at 38 years old, I mean <laughs> – Yes, I, I I mean I really can't even add anything. He he gets downright disgusted with himself. You know, if people and if, if quarterbacks want to watch, if RG three wants to watch, instead of making reference to the great quarterbacks that you are not, why don't you watch watch their post game interviews? Cam Newton. Although I will admit, Cam did step up a couple times. Cam actually said some things that had me say, "Wow, okay, that's what I've been waiting to hear." So maybe there's hope for Cam Newton. I, I heard him say some things like, you know, I've got to play better. I've, he's saying some of the right things finally. So I'm going, I'm going to keep an eye on Cam, and I'm going to pull back my distaste for Cam. But RG3, man, I, man, please. Your boy Jay Cutler, man, please. You know what I'm saying? Like, watch Peyton Manning and watch the intensity, and watch him put it on his shoulders. He's not throwing anybody under the bus. He's not. He takes it on his shoulders and says, I didn't play well. I have to play better. This is a Hall of Fame quarterback who will go down as one of the best quarterbacks of all time, period. And he's sitting up there saying, I got to play better. I've got to go practice harder. And I can you unbelievable. Unbelievable, Train. That was that's really a great point, and I agree with you. He's going home now to play to Miami. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be Miami. That boy gonna go out there and want to throw eight touchdowns in the first half. I mean, it could it could get it could get very ugly. Um, let's hope. I don't know. Anybody hear anything about Julius Thomas? Uh, just like day to day. Yep. Man, I need him, man. I, 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 my, my fantasy year is just, is just, is just. Drew, 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 we're gonna talk about the Saints in a second, man. Drew Brees is letting me down fantasy wise, big time, and my fantasy year is just not very good. Um, that said, yeah, I'm going with the Broncos, big win, big win over, uh, over uh, the Dolphins. Uh, last but not least, and I'll start this one off: Ravens at the Saints in New Orleans. Um, the Saints have lost twice at home. Uh, Drew Brees is not playing to the level that he normally plays at, and I have felt it in my fantasy league and in the EAFL league. I don't even know what my record is. I don't even care because I'm not going anywhere. Um, in the other league, I still have a winning record, but I haven't clinched a playoff spot yet, um, and, and I have ridden the greatness of Drew Brees for the last few years. I'm not going to lie. The guy has been a fantasy juggernaut. He has gotten me a, a ton of points, and it is rare that I match up with a quarterback on the other side that can keep up with the fantasy points that Drew Brees 
If it's not a Rodgers or uh, maybe a, 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 a Brady um, uh, or a Peyton Manning, then pretty much they can't keep up points-wise. Um, but that's not the case this year at all. It's not even close. I'm, I'm, I'm hurting. I say all that to say this. I believe in Drew Brees still. And when we talk about good news conferences, there's another guy who's aggravated at how he's playing, not blaming the team, not throwing anybody under the bus. He understands that he is a reason, one of the reasons why they're not as competitive as they normally are. He understands it. He embraces it. And I believe he's going to work hard. And I think this is a game against a, a, a Ravens team that's trying to win a division. Well, both of these teams are trying to win their division. Saints are home. They need this game. But I'm also going to say one last thing, and then I'll shut up. If the Saints lose this one, I'm done. I keep picking them to win, and they keep letting me down. So if they lose this one, I'm done. Okay. Uh, Dr. Train, Ravens at the Saints. Man. <laughs> this is their third home game in a row, man. Woo. Um, Ravens look pretty good no matter where they play right now with the exception of their game against the Steelers. Um, I still got to take the, the, the better team. I'm going to go with the Ravens, too. Okay. Um, K-Star. Um, yeah, I'm going to take the AFC North against the NFC, uh, NFC South. I'm going Baltimore. I hope I'm wrong, but I'm just not seeing it from Breeze this year, and I like, unfortunately, that how good the uh, Baltimore pass rush is. I think they're going to be a lot of problems, and also apparently Brandon Cooks will be out for the game and out for the season. Um, I don't know if that was uh, brought up or not, but I read that a little bit ago. So, Ravens. JB. I can't see a Sean Payton slash Drew Breeze team losing three games in a row. At home, I just can't see it. Uh, even though it's against a, a strong Ravens team, I'm still going to take the Saints because of that. But stay tuned; you might see it on Sunday. <laughs> hey, man, you know, you know where the sun can shine sometimes, so anything is possible. Yeah, true that. True that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I agree with Train, and I agree with with. I mean, I agree with JB, and I agree with Train. I I would never predict it. <laughs> um, I didn't think they'd lose two in a row at home. So, um, you know, but you also had you had the 49ers go into New Orleans, and the 49ers had never lost, has not lost three games in a row under Harbaugh. So you had two streaks were about to end, and, you know, that game went into overtime. You know, there there, there are just some things that happened in New Orleans this year um, you know, and, and if you look at the four, and I don't have it in front of me, but I, I can think of the Atlanta game early on, that San Francisco game. I mean, you know, this could be mm-hmm. a team with a seven and three record thereabouts. You know, it's it's I mean, it's four it's four and six, but it's not it's not a it's not a they've getting they're getting killed four and six. I'll I'll give it to you, T. Oh, what's your record? Thirty four, thirty four, thirty seven overtime game. They lost six to Falcons. Uh, and a game they, that they pretty much had in hand. Then off the next game against the Browns, 24-26. I mean, this is this is less than a touchdown. These are like still goal still goal scores. Uh, who else did they? The Lions, 23-21. One point game. <laughs> 49 is three points. 
four games. Four games. Yeah. That's their, their record. We we talked about this after week four when they were one and three. We all said that give or take a bounce or a call or anything, they could be four and zero. So the the theme just seems to continue as the the weeks progress. Yeah, and K-Star, don't get me wrong. I don't disagree with the whole you are what your record is. I don't disagree with that at all. Um, you know, when you start, you know, when you're losing multiple games by two and three points, you are losing. So I don't have a problem. I don't have an issue with that at all. Uh, I think I think my point is, um, you know, if you look at, you know, let's look at Seattle, for instance. Last year, Seattle were, was winning some mm-hmm. of these close games. Right. Mm-hmm. This year, all of a sudden, they're losing some of these close games. I think mm-hmm. I think, you know, over a period of time, it, it balances out. It evens itself out. I can look at my Cowboys and I can go back over the last three years that they were eight and eight, eight and eight, eight and eight. But I could find you two or three games a year that they could have won, that they lost by a bounce or a bad call or, or, or something. Des Bryant up going up and catching a ball against the Giants and his hand touches and his little pinky finger touches out of bounds and they lose the game. Things like that. But now all of a sudden this year they're 7-3 and three and looking pretty good. Over time, I think it will even out. So now we're seeing the Seahawks, who were winning these games, now they're losing some of these close games. And the Saints who were winning some of these games, also losing some of these games, close games. But I don't think that makes them a bad team, even though they're a four and six team. And that's why they did beat, you know, you look at uh, Aaron Rodgers, right? Relax, five and one over the last six games. That one was against the, uh, New Orleans. So, you know, I don't, I guess my point is we can't sleep on the Saints just because they're four and six. Their four and six to me is much stronger than a, a St. Louis four and six, in my opinion. So, or a Chicago four and six. Just saying. But anyway, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty horrible. Pretty horrible, bro. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Great show, guys. Uh, final comments. Uh, Dr. Train, the engaged man himself. But man, this is um this has been an awesome show. Um it's been an awesome weekend. Like I said, took engagement photos and I really did enjoy with the lady and our photographer. It was it was a ton of fun. My mom's is on a flight here. She should be here within the next hour or so. It'll be good to see her as well. And um Yeah, and, and yeah, T appreciate you uh lending me the 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 uh game rewind. I'm still gonna check out a few more but I got a caption to check out some plays for my Bears that I didn't see, so thanks. Oh, yeah, no problem, man. That's, that's my pleasure. My pleasure. Uh, K-Star, any uh, last words? Uh, just I hope I, I get some better luck in the EAFL running back department because, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, like, I, I know I have, you know, the highest scoring team. I probably shouldn't be complaining or anything, but it's not looking good, man, because the past couple of weeks I, I traded for Ronnie Hillman, who who apparently is out for six weeks. And then I traded away Randall Cobb, basically gave him away for uh, Ahmad Bradshaw, broke his ankle. God damn. <laughs> like, uh, I don't understand why you trade so aggressively, bro. Your team was fine. Yeah, yeah, but part of the reason my team got it, it was fine. You know, I got I, you know what? My fault. I tried to get too slick. I was like, you know, I can't make a wrong move. I'm, I'm Padre Henson. I'm K-Star. Yeah. I'm guru. I, I feel myself a little bit too much, and I wish I still had Mark Ingram because uh, right let now me, I just Let me tell T what you tried to do and Jay me what you tried to do. He tried to dupe me and give me some Bobby Rainey and some Charles Clay. 
hey, hey, hey. Bradshaw and Red Wayne. Hey, hey, Trey. Hey, Trey. He yeah. tried. He tried me too. I think oh, he tried. Yeah, you picked, up, you picked up Bobby Rainey. All right, I saw that. So a little part of me had, wanted Bobby Rainey after all. Okay. Well, I had no. I had no choice because Bush was out and I had no other running backs. Bush was supposed uh, no. to play, and then down the stretch they're like, "Oh, it's not looking <laughs> like it." I had, and my other running backs was were uh, Demarco Murray on by, and I had running backs on by. Did I have Murray? On I know. Well, anyway, uh, Chris Ivory was on by, not Demarco. Chris Ivory on by, so I had no active running backs. So I'm, yeah, I'm about to join you. I'm about to join you in that department because I, Le'Veon Bell, and um, a few other guys are just like probably about to get injured anyway. So got Le'Veon Bell, Bryce Brown, and some other guys. Then you'll be all right. You got to. No, no, I know. It's just, it just kind of crazy how it just like happened out of nowhere. Like, damn. You just make sure you get the help. Obviously. <laughs> uh, so, I know. I you, you. I'm, I'm gonna need it because yeah, I got Bell on by anyway. Bell's on by, so uh, just it's not looking good. You stepped in it. I'm, I'm going to tell you something that I wrote down on a Kinko's pad. November 6, 1985, I said this. He who is greedy will turn out to be needy. You might be in some trouble, my friend. <laughs> I feel like my team, but yeah, it's definitely been a, I definitely got greedy, and I'm, I'm a little needy right now, so yeah, that's true. Hey, all I'm going to say is thank you for Randall Cobb, man. I appreciate it. I needed that. <laughs> <laughs> Mm, 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 mm. Um, all right, and uh, all right, um, but hold on before, uh, let's see, hold on. In case y'all don't remember. When I did the introductions at the beginning of the year, that was his song that I introduced JB to. I'm sure Jay remembers, but that was a song I introduced uh-huh. JB to. Yeah, okay. and uh, the the reason that I'm playing it is because I now want to play this one more time. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Yes, sir. Happy birthday, JB. Happy birthday, man. Appreciate it. In the words of the illustrious Ice Cube, oh, yay, yay. <laughs> <laughs> well, happy birthday, my brother. Your, your birthday is about an hour and 20 minutes away, uh, East Coast time. Um, and I'm sure your family down there will uh, uh, do some wonderful things for you for your birthday. You have any uh, any any final words? Uh, well, obviously, first and foremost, thank you, brother. Love you. I appreciate the uh, the happy birthday shout-out. Mom, love you, too, and appreciate the happy birthday shout-outs. Uh, looking forward to coming home, being able to watch the games and eat and hang out with everybody. So whoever's traveling, uh, be safe. Uh, probably may, may not be traveling this soon like I am because I'm going to be staying a whole week. <laughs> yeah, love it. Uh, but enjoy the game nonetheless, and I'll be seeing you all this weekend, Saturday night, Sunday morning. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, that allows me to make this announcement that next Tuesday night, 
when we do the Madden voice for the week of Thanksgiving. Um, JB will actually be with me here in Bristol, so we will be together. So uh, he will co-host the show live with me. Um, I'm trying to determine the location. I don't know if we're going to do it here uh, at my studio here in Bristol, Connecticut, at my home, or if we're going to go and do it on the road or do it over at uh, Mom's. Or I, I haven't figured all that out yet, but I do know that he will be co-hosting with me live. We will be together next Tuesday night, uh, and I'm, I'm thrilled to death to have my brother coming home, and it'll be a great pleasure to actually have him live to be able to uh, talk some football and and um, you know, hopefully, uh, next week's going to be you know a very interesting week with the short week, and you know we really are going to get deeper into this playoff race next week, and uh, and let's see where let's see who who begins to separate themselves. So, um, good stuff. All right, um, well, guys, a- another another great show, and um, I want to thank my mom again for listening for all her support. I appreciate it. And of course, I uh, love you too, bro. I have to have to give uh uh my brother one last uh, happy birthday. And um for K Star, for Dr. Train, and for J B. Uh everybody enjoy the shows this uh the games this weekend. And uh hey, just remember, listen to the Madden Voice because like like on the Madden Voice, uh all feuds are settled on the field. Good night everybody. was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+ plus. terms and conditions apply. See website for details.